Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, let's run through some dates very quickly. I'm just going to say the names of the cities because I feel like I'm just ear beating you. So if you're here in your city, go to birdbirdbird.com and find out where I'm going to be. It's usually a funny bone or an improv and when I'm going to be there, unless you're uh, Vancouver, I think that one uh, starts. We're starting, uh, let's say, in January 28th through 30th. Cincinnati, Ohio, Richmond, Virginia, Pasadena, California. Omaha, Nebraska, Vancouver at the Rio Theater, February 21st. Columbus, Ohio, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Des Moines, Iowa, Brea, D.C., Burbank. And I will be dropping in most evenings on Tuesday night at the Burbank Flappers and on Wednesday nights at the Ha Ha Cafe. Uh, Those are two really fun clubs that I've been doing, and uh, they let you work out there. So, uh, So check it out. Uh, today's episode is with a fantastic woman. Uh, I met her. Oh, go to burpurpur.com. Just get my Twitter page, rate and review, subscribe. Just do all that stuff. Honestly, if you take two seconds to rate and review, subscribe to this podcast, um, then it really, you know, it really helps. It helps push it up further and then more people discover it. And then I feel like doing it more. Um, and I'll say this one more time. Black sales, everybody. Black sales. Every Saturday night. I love this show. I want everyone to support it. Uh, if you go a few podcasts back, I had the creator on, uh, Jonathan Steinberg, and it is on Saturday nights on Stars. And that's it. I met this lady, Jesse. Oh, I shouldn't say her name yet. Come on, Bert. You know nothing about hosting? I met this lady the other uh, two New Year's ago. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. She is uh, beautiful, but that is not why I, I, what I should say. I should say she's hilarious. Uh, but she is really beautiful. She's, I think she's awesome. She's she's awesome. My, this is my wife Leanne, uh, and my wife loves her. They really got along because when they came, when she came to do the podcast, I forgot I had a podcast, and I was sound asleep. And Leanne <laughs> came in and was like, "You have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or you're cheating on me <laughs> with a really hot chick <laughs> who's way younger than I am and really hot. But she's, she's really, really great person. I didn't talk to her about comedy at all, but yeah, they just I hung out. Her. And had a cup of coffee while I woke up and put in my Rogaine. Big fan. She tells us a great story about being in like the Dominican Republic, laying out topless on the beach. And a young boy had uh, a pack of horses with him that he was getting from one place to the other. And she said, can I ride one of your horses bareback, topless with you? And so her and this young boy wrote, it's a great story. That's amazing. Yeah, I wish Is I could, it on the podcast? It's on the podcast. I have a video of it. It's probably on my vlog. Go to YouTube. Uh, check out my vlog. My, you can find my YouTube page, I think, at birdbirdbird.com. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting headspace she put me in. Speaking of headspace, Leanne. Speaking of headspace, have you heard of Squarespace? I've never heard of it. Tell me what it is. Well, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code BERTCAST at checkout and get 10% off. Squarespace. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. That's right. I, I should have been uh, build the build it bear people. Build it beautiful. Yeah. As opposed to like, I don't know. I always wanted to do a bit about the build it bear. You did? Why? Because uh, we have, have 8,000 of them in our and house. I've done them so many times with the girls. And one time, Isla started doing one, and I told her not to get the fuck in. I said, get, it's called Build a Bear, Isla. 
It's not called build a hippopotamus. Or build a dog. Or build a dog. How many dogs does that child have? Because then you can't put the clothes on it. Yes, right. She wanted the clothes on it. Yep. And the clothes didn't fit. That's and right. Then, do you remember the one time she came up to me? I mean, it breaks my heart. She came up to me and she goes, she realized she had screwed up. It's the first time she went, hey, daddy. I, I want you to have this one. <laughs> I was like, oh, you've already got a dog with panties on it that says, I love you. <laughs> right. And so. A pink dog. A pink dog with panties that says, I love you. <laughs> and I said, baby, I told you not to get the dog. And she went, she started getting like really upset, but Isla upset where you know she's holding it in like a fucking World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. And she was like. I, I messed up and I don't want a doggy. I want a bear. And I was like, it's fucking 20 bucks. Who gives a fuck? And then I had to walk around the mall with a fucking dog and pink dog and panties. and kept going, <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. That's Isla. That's Isla. Well, I guess I did the bit, guys. Are you happy? <laughs> um, today's episode is with... Uh, she needs no introduction. Honestly... You're going to love this episode. It is two hours, and we could have done four if I didn't have to take a shit. I didn't tell her that, but I did have to take a shit. Oh, so, boy. Well, why would I tell you that, too? All right. Today's episode, uh, to the birdcast, put your hands together silently in your cubicle, wherever you are, for Jesse May Peluso. This is the birdcast. Yeah, go ahead, talk. Check. Hello. Yes, perfect. Sounds um, good. They're hilarious. They're really funny guys. All those guys at the network are... Uh, like Vanilla Ice is a DIY. Why is Vanilla Ice there? He's got a show. He he was so he made his millions on Ice Ice Baby, and then started. Let me make sure my, f- my phone. Yeah, I'm making sure mine um, is off. He started to make money. He started flipping houses. Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And Come so, on. Yeah. Dead I feel serious. Like I'm high right now. Nope. And so, it's actually my friends, um, the guys who I work with now, Ross Babbitt. Uh, Andy Singer, who's gone from travel, um, Dale, they discovered Vanilla Ice, and they were at DIY at the time. They're now all at travel. Vanilla and Ice, that blows my mind. He's the best. He's the best. Is he really? He, yeah, I could, I could call Ron him Van right Winkle? now. Ron Van Winkle? I could call him right now, and he would, and I'd be like, hey, my friend uh, is doing stand-up in West Palm, comes here, and he'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, so you... You have to do that for Oh, me. of course I will. Of course I will. <laughs> He's the He is the sweetest guy in the world. Uh, him. That is bizarre. Bobby Flay is like the nicest guy in the world. Really? Yeah, Bobby Flay and I were in Dallas. We did, we, you know, you, you do these, uh, they're called up, up fronts. Right. You know what up yeah, fronts are, but do, yeah. we do them differently at, at Scripps. We do them just by ourselves with food, tra- uh, travel, DIY, cooking, all the networks, Great American Country. And we bring the advertisers, we go to the advertisers in like... In like Atlanta, Minneapolis, Dallas, New York, L.A., and I, th- I think that might or maybe a couple more places. Yeah. Chicago, we go to we go and the talent goes. Is it open to the public or is it just in, are there it, industry in those places that come out? And no, it's just the industry in those places. So it's like a smaller upfront, a more intimate upfront. We just more intimate upfront, yeah. and it's and it's it's so much fun. We'll put so up like, some shelves. So like we did, we did one in <laughs> Dallas, and Bobby. Flay was there. You do the upfront, you go over, and I'm like, Bobby, I'm just a huge fan. And he was, I was like, I'd seen him in the gym, and I so badly, and I and I knew that he had known who I was because you watch enough of these upfronts, you just know the talent, right? You are, start to see the faces. It's, 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 it is a family affair kind of thing, yeah. And so I so badly wanted to go up to him at the gym and put my arms around him and go, "Hey, you," and, <laughs> and just see what he said. But I feel like he would have been fine with it. Uh, he said you should have done that. 
That would have been so – like, imagine that's how you met. Yeah. And then he said, you should have done that. And I was like, I was going to, but then I thought if it went wrong, it could have gone really wrong. And by the way, this is the day that guy came out of uh, the closet. <laughs> the basketball player came out of the closet. Oh, what was um, – Jason yes. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so anyway – DIY built this man cave. It's amazing. They uh, came in. So you said it's. So it's they built it like a, from the ground up. Uh, this or was, was this an existing? This is a woodworking shop right. attached to our garage, and they came in. They open that. That was a door behind you. They opened this area up. Put all the pavers in. Uh, put are those your cowboy boots in the corner? Those are my legit cowboy boots. <laughs> those look like you own a a, a farm cowboy boots. Uh, those I ran buffalo uh, through Texas. And I wore those boots. You had to, I mean, you wore them every day. When the fuck did you run Buffalo through? T- that sounds like a midlife crisis trip for a man. I've gone, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> I wish I fig- could figure out a way to talk about this on stage. I've done everything that, uh, that you could ever imagine doing. Scuba diving, <laughs> bungee jumping, skydiving. Like all like, the fun kind of extreme things. Riding, like learning. I can ride a horse extremely well now because yeah. of this. I've run on horseback like full me too sprint is, is it's one, one of, of my the, most favorite things ever can how can you i have a hard time describing it i well i realized i used to ride a lot i'm from syracuse i used to ride a lot yeah. and i realized at one time when i was in the dominican republic and i was there on vacation and they walk they ride the horses they bring them out early in the morning and they do like those uh f- those beachfront rides and so in the evening is like six six o'clock and this young dominican boy is on a horse trailing two so he has three horses that he's in control of and i'm sitting on the beach and i'm watching him come close to me and i can speak fairly enough spanish to have a conversation and so i asked him if i could help him bring the horses back and he said yeah so i got on the horse i told him i could ride i was topless i had no shirt on because we've oh. been laying out on the beach all day long. No, no bikini. I had a bottoms, but they were thong bottoms. So I'm talking to this like 13 year old Dominican boy, tits out, asking him in Spanish if I can ride the horse. He lets me get on, and the barn is about over a mile down the beach. Sun Shut setting, up. and I just full like just like pedal to the metal down the beach, and it feels like. I can't even equate it to drugs. But I've never felt a feeling like this in my life. When you're on an animal and you just sort of, especially a horse, because, you know, you ride, so you know right. some horses you don't connect with. Right. And, and it's a scary situation. Uh, yeah, that is the scariest thing about them is I've been kicked off horses. And you can die. You can oh. become paralyzed. You can yeah. become severely injured. I was in Costa Rica and I was, what I was doing wrong, and this is, I just had no lessons as I didn't have, is as the horse would take off, I'd grab on with my feet. Which means go faster, yeah, and or or get or get me the fuck off you, right? And the horse was freaking out. Yeah, it's like a different. It's it's so slight, the slightest things. It's like dogs. It's just energy that if you it's shift, energy. yes, it's a, it's a lot like it's a lot like stand up. There's a moment. It's it's like it's like a tipping point. Like you have a couple seconds to make a decision, or it's going to go another way. And then this, it's I the thing that blew me, it blows me away about running on horseback or having a horse run i guess it's run or gal it's not gallop it's uh a gate no can it's not can- canter it's not canter what's it's, the fastest one Get i don't it. i don't know but whatever that is whatever that, that fourth one is <laughs> you go you go from like a, a a gallop to a canter and then and it's it actually is uncomfortable because you're you've got to like 
pace out, time yep. the horse, and then all of a sudden when the horse starts running, it's God. like it's the most pure, it feels like beautiful. It, it really it's open perfect. Up. It is. It's like I would go. Why would you ever do anything but this on a horse? <laughs> I would just run my horse yeah, everywhere. Me too. And it sucked because we we got out. This is in Costa Rica. No, this is in this was in Texas. Okay, we get out, we run buffalo, which are, is a really unpredictable animal. So why why were you running buffalo? Oh, it was first for of my all? TV show. Okay, yeah, so this yeah. is a, oh that's awesome though. Okay, so running buffalo, I would imagine, would be very difficult because I feel like cows are a little less cows are less and, uh, uh, feral. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, buffalo, we had to get them. They're up on a, on a mountaintop. We had yeah. to uh, take them down through a pass. Uh, in between two rivers, which wow. was like a bridge, or in between two lakes, and then around into a pen, and then we had to get them in the corral. Which is, uh, it's basically like just narrow, it's like salmon up a river and everything has to get narrow into a little space, right? And it's, a, and it's a subtle conversation you're having with them of like just getting up on them. And your yeah. horse can never be sideways. Your horse always has to be, because if your horse is sideways, then the buffalo will charge you in there and they'll flip you so you mean like you can't be perpendicular to their bodies with your horse you right you have to be face to face with them and so you have wow. to be able to ride your horse sideways like move your horse sideways right you have to be able to spin your horse in a circle real quick what was the preparation for this it, was, it sounds it like was a lifetime four like days. a lifelong thing you need to learn was four, how to do four days hardcore uh horse training from like eight in the morning until 11. And had you been able, like, your your uh, horseback riding skills up to that point, did you feel comfortable enough just getting on the horse being like, cool? No. It's so funny. The last time I'd gotten on a horse was in Costa Rica. And How I'd many gotten, years pri- before that? Uh, th- th- four months before that, I'd gotten kicked off a horse. You got kicked off. The last time you were on the horse, you got kicked off. Yeah, in Costa Rica. And I was, it was like... Did you was, get hurt? Uh, no, but I got really scared and I got really angry and I, yeah. and I really freaked out and I'd been bit by a bat and that's, they said that, what? Yeah. I feel like, I wish I could find a way to talk about this on stage. You I, have to, cause it's like something Charlie Sheen says that he got yeah. bit by a bat. I got bit by a bat. It's an alliteration. Two nights before, Stan Hope told me just drink, drink it away. It happens all the time. And then I'm like, <laughs> he said that when you got bit by the bat. Yeah, he's like, he was like, <laughs> my remedy. Uh, I forget the name of the beers. He's like, Mass uh, Cerveza. <laughs> How it's, did you get bit by a bat? I was. Is this on the show for the show too? No, that no the the the. I I think I'll speak candidly about this show cause, only because my new my new show coming out, Birth Conqueror, is not this at all. Right. Trip Flip was the name of the show. It 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 is a great show. It it's just a very fun. different. It's a very different uh, purpose of to that show. Right. It's not about me having the time of my life. It's about two travelers having the time of life. We're right. thinking about changing it. I shouldn't talk about it really, but there's a thinking about doing it again, doing it differently. Doing we try. We're, we've been toying with it, like remod like reworking it, a retooling little. it because it's a successful show. It sounds like a great idea, but. What we're missing is this conversation that I'm having with you about right. they don't show me getting kicked off the horse because it's not about me. You got to show those things. Uh, yeah, and they don't show me getting bit by a bat and having panic attacks because it's not about me. That needs to be the main. Like I need to see that. Like, I need to see you getting. You had a panic attack, a bat panic attack. I had, I got yeah. I've I've I have had like I had a really bad panic attack scuba diving in Fiji. Wait, wait, hold on. I need a little bit of info on the bit on the bat bite. I, we go, we go. Uh, <laughs> We go whitewater rafting, and we're in the, want to travel with we're in the jungle in Costa Rica, and we get out. You pull out, at like you're in the fucking jungle. Yeah, and Costa Rica's real. Like it's <laughs> it's a jungle. It is 
It's like the Amazon. Yeah. It's crazy. So I get out. I start walking up a trail to go to find our Jeep or whatever truck we have. And I brush up against a bush and I feel something. I feel I feel like a prick on my legs. And I'm like, and I just, it's so clean. It's like almost like a hypodermic needle. Like I went, oh, that's odd. And I didn't think anything of it. And I'm sitting at dinner that night. Crying. I'm laughing so I'm sitting at dinner that night and I go, hey, what's that on my leg? It's like this blood. And, and I'm like, and I say to the, this is where it gets so oh horrible. God, it would have been so is I, I go, that's odd. And then the waitress goes, oh, you've been bit by a bat. What? And I went, I have? And she goes, oh, yeah, this is a bat bite. So that's the, this is the tricky part is my wife still doesn't believe I've been bit by a bat because I never went to a doctor. I just had a waitress just decide I that I got bit you. by a bat. A waitress and Doug Stanhope. I texted Doug a picture and Doug goes, oh, it's a bat bite. And so, and so then, I, and then, and now I'm I'm running. You have like four days, oh God, three I'm days crying. where you can get rabies shots. Oh, and Jesus! And if you don't get them within that four days, then you have rabies. If you get, if you get rabies, you die. It's a hundred percent fatality. So I start panicking, going, "God, I need a doctor." But everyone's in Costa Rica is like, "Pura vida, it's okay, man." You put, yeah, it's Pura vida. Life. It's life. Yeah, it's life. And so I never got tested. I talked to a doctor on the phone. He goes, "We don't have rabies. You're fine." And so I never so got you tested. Went the, you went on the grace of people's words that you were fine. Doug Stanhope, a waitress, and some stoner doctor who was like, uh, it's Sunday, I'm with my family. You're fine. <laughs> and so I, and I never, and I, but it's so funny is I, I would go to get the next round of trips we did. We were all international, like Africa. There were really sketchy places we were going. We were, went to the jungles of Vietnam. So we had to get a lot of shots and, and stuff. And the woman, when I got my shots, said, do you want to get a rabies shot? And I passed pass and go, I've already been bit by a bat. She went, <laughs> you've been bit by a fucking bat? And you and she goes, did you get the rabies shots? I said, no. And she goes, you know that's fatal, right? And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> but imagine like how uh, how strong your immune system is after being bit by a bat? Oh, yeah. it's. Oh, I, I always say that like as... In December, December 1st, I stopped drinking for like maybe like a week. Just like I didn't wow, drink impressive. for a week and I lost 20 pounds. In one week? Yeah. Did you think you did you think the rabies kicked in then? I think my body goes oh, yeah. Okay, we get to we get to we get to we sleep. Get to break, yeah. We get to hold on, liver. It, it settles in. It's like, "Oh, okay. Let's yeah. just <laughs> So wait, what did you when did you you moved to New York City first? I moved to Boston first in Syracuse. That's where I grew up, and then I left when I was eighteen. Moved to Boston, did like improv for like three years. Have you ever really? done improv? Uh, in my dreams, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know one of those things that's painful to watch. Bad improv is bad. Yeah, and then I started doing stand up in Boston. Then I moved to New York. Really, and started. I drank heavily, and then I just sort of like did drinking more than stand up, and then eventually the. The shift happened. Did you stop drinking altogether? I no, not altogether because I just I like alcohol. I love it. I I enjoy it. I've found a balance with it for the most part. You know, there's a couple of those nights where you wake up and you're like, okay, my underwear's on my head. I have one sneaker on, and I don't know how I got home last night. Yeah, and you have to which retrace. is which is which is so it's so funny. Uh, there was a hashtag guess all women. Do you remember that? Yes, I loved it because I never understood. I never really. I just thought. I, I, maybe this is not exactly what those people that created the hashtag want. But like, I always thought men and women were equal in like the sense that like, like, 
you say underwear on my head, one shoe on, and I go, oh, I've had those nights. But I, they, that's got to be scary as a woman to have those nights. Yeah, it's scary because it could mean pregnancy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it could mean my life's over. Yeah. My life changes drastically. Yeah. Goodbye, stand-up comedy. Yeah. It could uh, mean pregnancy in a sore butthole for a long time. <laughs> Which one, when the butthole heals, then you're, you give birth and then your butthole hurts again oh, because yeah. of giving birth. I've seen that. They yeah. gave my wife an episiotomy and I went, whoa. Oh, God. I saw that with my eyes. But, oh, I'm glad it was your eyes like, and I not like, like your dick hole. I was like, holy <laughs> sh- I'm To this day, I was Are you like. Just, is it now, now that you've seen it, is it, do you remember it fondly and is it magnificent or is it terrifying or is it both? Because I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen videos, but to be in the room. It was terrifying. Did you feel like concerned for your wife? I, I mean, you know, what's so funny is this sounds so cheap, but like I'm such a comedian. And at the time I was so like, I always say you're, I, I'm, I've been talking to, to Rogan and Bill about this, Yeah. but when you get out of stand up and start working on television, and doing something else that isn't stand-up, your brain shifts because the stand-up's brain is so focused on material. Every moment every of moment the day. Is, is, I'm thinking about material. I'm literally thinking about material every fucking moment. Yep. Um, we were, but at that moment, I was so focused on stand-up. is all I was doing. <laughs> and it was like, it was my life is, my life was... Driving out to Brea on a Tuesday night, driving out to Irvine on a yeah. Thursday night, uh, going on the road and featuring and doing sets at the Hollywood Improv if I could. Yep. That that I I think that I don't – and I wasn't that good. I mean I was a good stand-up, but I was still young. Right, figuring it out. I was still figuring it out. I was maybe been doing it – I was th- I was maybe been doing it like six years. So you're just time. starting to like find your groove a little. Uh, I, had, I found my voice very quickly. Oh, good. good. That's I, dope. But I couldn't – I didn't understand my ability of writing yet. And so I got to be honest with you. I kind of hacky like saw it. I saw it. and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to fuck that later. I was, and then the joke I said, are we putting that back together? The only part that is funny of this whole rant that I did it was a big story about giving birth, which everyone has. Um, I, I was like, are we going to put that back together? And he was like, of course. There's a Jamaican doctor. He's like, of course I am, boy. I go, well, do you want to take a look at my junk or are we just going to ballpark this on a handshake? It's the only part that is interesting of that whole chunk. just perfect. But it's so funny is that when you're a bad comedian, you see life hacky. You do. You do because it's inexperience. It's, it's, it's the combination of wanting to make something funny but not yet knowing how. And so you just you re, you resort to that. It's almost like the next, you know, it's just like what, what the first thing is on your mind. Do you do this? I was thinking about this last night because I was, I was writing some jokes and I, I had to like look at material and write jokes. You know, you ever do those shows where like yeah. here's some stuff. Whatever first comes to my mind, I don't trust it. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, you're, I, I, like, is that crazy? Do you know what I mean though? A lot of times. Cause I write on stage. A lot of times. Me too. A lot of times whatever... I, I think I've trained myself to skip the first thing. Like, But a lot of times, the first thing I say on stage that works, I'm so lazy these days that I go, all right, that joke's yeah. I'm done. Yeah, done. And I'm like, oh, there we go. And, I, and sometimes <laughs> I... Got that one yeah, in the bag. Yeah, what am I going to fucking beat myself up to find something better? It works. <laughs> they laughed. It's fine. I get some very lazy about that. But I think that's different on stage because I also like you tag on stage, especially yeah. when you're in that groove. I think that's a different part of your brain that is working 
I think when it like comes like sitting down and like actually having to access that part of your brain and you know like look at something like here's the material what's funny whatever pops up I'm like that's not going to be good enough because I feel like it's going to be hacky. Uh, I be do like that. Everyone thinks I do a t- I do a different a few different styles of writing these days. Um, I'm really f- obsessed with uh, with my long form stories. So I love doing Ari's storytelling show. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm obsessed in a way that like I had a I had probably a very pivotal breakfast or lunch with Ari one day where we started dissecting. What made great stories? I'll say this, and by the way, because I love this guy, and he knows I'd never talk shit about him. Ari? No, no, no. Well, yeah, the, but I, I definitely talk shit about Ari. Yeah, we should, we should but, totally <laughs> do a whole section of this podcast. <laughs> but like Sebastian Maniscalco is so fucking talented. God, he's so funny. And he told this great story on, at, in Montreal, but the story didn't have like an end. So in a weird way, it was like Sebastian is so amazing at owning subtlety. Mm-hmm. And creating humor out of nothing, he could just say a word, and the way he says it is funny. Yeah. And he had such a great story, but it didn't have an ending. And it was anticlimactic. All the big laughs were in the middle, and then he just said, and then that's my story. And it wasn't that so long of a story. Out. It fizzled out. And Ari and I went, but it still worked, and everyone was like, everyone, including Ari and I, were like, that was a great story, but it it isn't the one you talked about at the end of the night. I told a story that wasn't that great, but had a great ending. And Ari was like, Ari was like, that's, he's like, I, you know, I don't know if I noticed it until like last night, but like you need great endings to stories. So then I started thinking the best stories I've, best stories I've ever been told in life. Honestly, one of the best stories ever is Ron White's tater salad. It is. Have you heard it? I have heard bits. Of, I don't know it completely. Oh, but it's the greatest I, story. I, I know of it because of you know comedians it's and the greatest story probably ever because of the way he tells it. The thi- and and he uses a mechanism where he goes. Now I told you that story to tell you this story. Right. Like I love that, I, and and it's beautiful because the end of that story serves a purpose in the end of the other story that's unrelated. That's interesting. And, and, I, and so I started going, okay. That's then I started Then I started thinking, what are some really great stories in in, in movies? Two of my favorite- That's what I was just going to say. Like, that's how movies are. Two of my favorite movies ever are Usual Suspects and Sixth Sense. Oh, damn. So, like, I love those movies. Those are so different, too. Because you get, like, an end where you go, where you start going, and then I'm figuring it out. And All it, these the fucking- end makes you rewind. That's how, when an ending is good, it makes you go- Oh my god! And then this. Oh my god! And then this. Yeah. It, it just makes you go back in time. So and it I, ties everything in. So I told a story that is like that. With I, I wanted to tell a story that was reminiscent of the Sixth Sense or what you call of or Usual Suspects to on our storytelling show. So I kind of like looked at it. So that that's where my head is with writing is that I don't really get caught up in the in the minutia of the jokes in between yeah. for a story. I get caught up in. How am I going to arc this story so that you go like my, the machine story? I don't know if you've ever heard me my machine story. No, I haven't. Uh, I'll, I'm I'm going to speak out of myself, but like it's 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 your, probably, it's your famous story. It's my famous story. Yeah, it's probably the story I'm most known for. Yep, and it's a great story. Now it's a great story in in that it's a cool story that it's true and that and that it's unbelievable. Right, and that you're like, whoa, you got involved with the mafia, like, how the fuck? But the, the reason everyone likes it, the reason people connect with it, 
is because it's got an ending. And so I was like, I was like, shit, I have other stories that don't have endings. So the machine story in the in the center is just I only reason only reason I use jokes is to so that I can tell you the story. Right. So then I started going like I was literally sitting up there and I'm like, I got four stories that I really want to work on. I'm going to start doing sets in the city and I'm going to start just telling these stories. I'm going to go up and I have no other purpose it's than to so tell the story. It's so hard. It's so hard. Oh, I, I was at... Just not knowing where you're going to land and like try, like you're literally, you're painting it on stage. That's so difficult. It's, it, it's not... So this is where my head is with writing. It's not about... By the way, I wish I could write shorter form jokes. I wish I had that brain. I wish I could be like Dimitri Martin and just hammer, hammer out. them out. Oh God, I wish I could sit. People go, you don't sit and write. I do. But when I do, it's like... The only reason I write is to try to find themes that I dig. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, I don't like the short little pops. I have like longer. I like to get involved and invested in something. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you? What, what's? What are you working on right now? I'm working on like tightening everything up and like the same thing you're talking about. Like actually trying to make each joke a, a story and have it have an ending and have it ha- like be its own little cinematic thing. Yeah. So that it can exist in itself and and you know also be able to obviously go and segue into other things but that's a it's a it's a skill like story writing using that 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 sort of mindset to put into your jokes that's a difficult thing to do well i don't i'm never gonna have the ability to rant like me we were sitting next to each other watching joe right and at the store the other night both of us were so impressed at his ability to rant yep free form stream of conscious about subjects like i'm never gonna really like and we, we talked about this too. It's it's too uh, it's it's a slippery slope these days. It's so volatile to take a something a, a subject that's going on in society and just kind of stand your ground and go. This is what I believe about that. Yeah. Bill does it. Joe does it. And I respect guys that do it. But that's not totally me. Like I don't really yeah. like. I don't vote. Like I don't give a fuck about voting. I, I don't either. I'm like. I mean, I think that I pay my. We were. I was talking to a friend yesterday about paying taxes. I pay all my taxes. Yep. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I understand. I don't cheat. Right. Like, but I, I talk about like my family, and I like to kind of. Like, I love when you get a story that just is so. That's like five minutes. Yeah. Six minutes, and it just destroys from beginning to end. Yes. And you're like, whoa, okay, that people don't even know they heard a story. They don't even, and that's that's the thing, like they don't know they've heard a story because it's it, it's almost like a grocery store. There's all these l- lanes of different things existing in it, but you it, everything under the, uh, the 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 ceiling of the grocery store, you go there for that. Like it's just one neat yeah. package, but it, it's hidden. You know, all these like little things are hidden inside. Yeah. It's like a you know, it, it's a way to tell a bunch of different jokes if you want to call them jokes i feel like that you're selling it short when you say jokes because it's a story so those that's like the skill of storytelling like being able to sort of drag it along and and sprinkle it with these things that sort of add color to it yeah it's hard it's also hard to do that and like we were saying get past at a club that you've never worked at because it's it goes back to the Demetri martin thing you've got to have these like it's it's a weird thing because comedy is so vast it's it's a universe in of itself but a lot of the people who are in the industry and comedians even, they get stuck in their lanes. This is comedy. This is comedy. Yeah. This is comedy. Yeah. You have to have your joke. Your set up punch. You have to be irreverent. You have to be dark. You have to be clean. You have to be dirty. And, and the reality is you just have to speak your truth. Yeah. You just got to – it's like there was a – I forget the comic, but I, there was a comic I watched. I was like, God, you're so good. And he was like so blown away. He was like, really? I said, no, you don't know why you're good. And you'll fuck it up before you get good. Yeah. But like right now, you're just saying things that happened to you 
that are real, and that is what why people are laughing. Yep, because it's it, they know that it's it, it's they know it's real. personal. It's personal. Yeah, and then there's this time where people go, "I did it too." Like I was like when I first started, my first few times, I was like. I was a very me. I was a frat boy that came out of college, and I didn't know you anything else. You were a frat boy? Oh, Hart. Are you kidding? I can't look at your cowboy boots and see you as a frat boy. Oh, my God. I was, That's amazing. I was the number one party animal in the country by I Rolling Stone magazine. I mean, magazine. I, the party animal thing I get, but frat boy, that's a, that's a left field. Interesting. I have a I have a need to fit in. <laughs> we're comedians. I feel like everybody, all of us do in some way, shape, or form. My self-esteem is in the shitter. <laughs> It consistently There's is. a title for your next DVD. My self-esteem is in the shitter. <laughs> Doug Benson said my next album should be called White Noise. <laughs> that's good. It's a good one, yeah, right? That's great. He's really good at coming up with titles. Oh, that's a good title. How did you meet Doug? Um, Doug and I did, we did New Year's Eve together two years ago at the uh, Masonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were we with all me. Did it, yeah. That's how I met you. Yeah, me, you, Was it two Moshe? years ago or three years ago? Three years ago. No, was it? It wasn't wasn't this last one. It wasn't the one before yeah. that. It was the one before that. I yeah, think. it was you, Hannibal, myself. Hannibal Moshe. was there. Yep, Hannibal was there. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 white guy, tall white guy with a weird looking mouth. He had his own show. Uh, Pete Holmes. He's such a weird mouth. Pete Holmes was there. Yeah, he's got like a mouth looks like wax melting. Oh, that Pete. That was when Pete was drinking. Yes, he was drinking. Because he, I went down. And I was like, I was, I was so blown away that I went down before the show, and he was having a beer before the show. Yeah, so like, is he sober now? No, you know, he's like, he's like one of those other. He's like, there's a bunch of guys that are like that. Like, I, and I, by the way, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for Pete at all. Allegedly, um, just no, say allegedly. But he's like one of those guys. He's a big drinker, but then he goes on big periods where he doesn't drink, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to start drinking for the next couple months, and then he goes like, I want to say eight months. I could be totally wrong without was, drinking. Yeah, but he was like a big. He was a big boozer. TJ was a big boozer. Yeah, like uh, they, like, and I only say that because I, I remember Ari saying all the Chicago guys are big boozers. Yeah, I feel I like everyone I, in Chicago is a big boozer. I wish I had come out of a scene. Like, well, I guess I came out of New York, but like they all came out of Chicago and came here. Yeah, like him, Hannibal. Uh, uh, I want to say Aziz. I'm sorry, but I'm sure it's not. No, 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 no. no uh, not Aziz. No. I'm sorry. Now I'm racist. Uh, <laughs> Kumail, Nung- Kumail, yeah, yeah. Kumail. Uh, but they were all came out of Chicago and like all knew it's, each other. It, it's environmental. Like if you grow up, I grew up in Syracuse. Everyone's boozers in Syracuse. It's cold. It's gray. You know, you're you're. Isn't isn't Owen Benjamin out of Syracuse? Oh, he's from Oswego, which is pretty much Syracuse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Owen's Owen's one of my favorite human beings. He is so he's so dark. I love. I'm attracted to like that dark comedy, and yeah. uh, I love the fact that he doesn't give a fuck. He'll bring his piano, his he keyboard really on stage. He doesn't give a fuck. He really does. He really doesn't give a fuck. Genuinely. He doesn't, and he's super intelligent. Be and I think people, uh, I think people write it off as like he's just a good looking fat Arrogant. boy. Yeah, they yeah. they don't realize like no, he actually can break things apart and and has a uh, an interesting point of view. I love him. He's one yeah. of the people. Him and Nick Thune, and I, I don't like people were uh, didn't like him and Nick Thune because they felt like they had it too easy when they came out here uh, because Nick was gorgeous. Yeah, and he's really talented. And, uh, and he, you know, he played the guitar and it was just like, great I mean, head just, of hair, great head of hair. That hair got him his career. Let's be honest. The hair, the beard, the style. <laughs> the, he was the first, blue eyes. he was the first person I ever saw with skinny jeans. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like he had this, like, this, like 
mod rocker. He did. He very mod. Yeah, and like, like, he could have rolled with Andy Warhol. He's I. I loved. I was in. I was a little older than them, and I was already headlining when they showed up. Yeah. And I'd already had my run of television, where where you, I believe you get a couple runs of television. I believe yeah. you get one big chunk when you're young. Mm-hmm. Then you go through this dry period where you got to learn humility and watch other people that are younger than you get and on television. And wonder if you should do your plan B or not. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. If you should dip into some skilled trade. And then I and then I believe you do a chunk, like like uh, where you. Do stuff that you're that you learn more than you think you're learning. Yeah, and then I believe you make a big. I believe this is the way I believe my career will go, and I've I've seen other people's. And then you do something tenpole like Louis or Bill. You or, get that you get that thing because all that accumulated experience. Well, you figure out what the fuck you're doing. Like yeah. I, I really I've really focused on creating my own content, not just with the vlog, but or with with the podcast. But I do a vlog also. You do. I do a vlog. Yeah, I'll put. I gotta check this. I'll out. I'll put you in it. Yeah. When we get done, I'll put you in it. This will be in it. Sweet. But um. I, and I just edit it myself. I post it myself, and uh, but I learned a lot about editing. I got Tom Segura, who's one of my best God, friends. I suck at that stuff. I, it's like some, it's a different type of brain that can like. It's not. It's not. And I I'm going to force you to do a vlog <laughs> because because you're I gonna think for, you're gonna force me to do a vlog. You, I think, I think, I I will obsess about it when we get done. This I will sit <laughs> you down and I will tell you what I told Tom. Okay, and I'll show you what I'm seeing. And I'll show you the interaction you get between your fans. Really? So, yeah, a lot of a lot of people right now. A lot of people are like, they'll have notes on this podcast, and I love the people that listen to this podcast. But and they know this, and we know this. We've all talked about yeah. this uh, via Twitter. But the comment section on this is Twitter. The people listen to it, and then yeah. they tweet me. Yep. Hey, Bert. Uh, you should have let Jesse May talk more. But that's what they'll say. <laughs> that's gonna be my I've comment. Heard, I've heard that I you just went, tweeted that. The, I've heard that you've gone scuba diving. I don't need to hear that again. I would like to hear about her. And that's the <laughs> format of this. Right. Those same people then said, "Hey, by the way, let your guests talk more, and then you talk more on your vlog. I love your vlog. Keep up the good work. Yeah. I really like this. I've always wanted to see what it was like when you partied. I want to see what it's like when you go and hang out with Rogan. I want to see what it's like when Joey Diaz comes over. Do I you see- vlog with them? Do you yeah, put like, them on I'll the vlog? I just take my camera with me fucking everywhere. I take it everywhere. So I- And so is it just like you're just like selfie-sticking, videotaping yourself? I'll show you. I'll show you. And you just bring – is it almost like periscoping, but you just it's, tape I it? Have a, I have – <laughs> That's when you know you're old when shit starts getting oh, creaky. My fucking neck. I'm going to get it. So this is my camera. It's a <laughs> Canon G7X. Oh wow, that it's, looks good. It's a really great camera. It's uh, uh the battery's dead. But I have two batteries. I keep one on charge at all times. Yeah. Um I get like a 64 gigabyte card in here so I don't have to change it for like a couple days. Right, right, right. And then my buddy John Mans who was in that uh, one of the dreams I had last night. <laughs> Your dreams were wild last stuck. night. I got stuck. I got stuck in. I'm not going to tell you the dream. It's a stupid dream. And so but he makes these Dinkum systems. If you guys want to go to dinkum.com and dinkumsystem.com just type in dinkum and dinkum. You, I screw it in. It's what I'm using to hold that, to hold that. Yeah, those are and dope. I, I kind of just carry my camera around and I just like I not for everything. Because that's one of the really great things about a vlog is you start learning, you start learning what to shoot and what yeah, not to say, shoot. Yeah, just gonna say like, how, how do you do? You cut stuff? Do you edit when you're I done? I edit the whole thing myself, but you start editing out like I learn what is excessive, which makes you a better on camera talent. Yes, to be- cut the fat. Because yeah, cut the fat and be like, you know what? I don't need you to roll for fucking ten hours because what happens in that is the same thing that happens to me. Is I 
get so bored looking at footage, and that's what happens to kids who are doing string outs. These these young ACs who are just like like or not ACs, young APs, yeah. who are like just I, I can't watch ten hours, and they just did nothing happened. Yep. And so what you've learned to do is you learn to make more use of the time when you're shooting. It's like you, you you're like maximizing the time. You're, yeah, you're, and- you're you're forcing your brain to like do something that actually is of quality instead of just like rolling and rolling and rolling and that's that's my fall do you think they tape you think pornos are like that like girls are just getting rammed and rammed and rammed and rammed and then they cut it all up oh yeah just like finger blasted for 14 hours i'd like to try to edit a porn (laughs) because i've been editing a lot i think that would be really a challenge I bet you have because I bet you're like I bet I guarantee you that's why they put the music in. Yeah, because you know, the one, distraction. No, it's it's a way to cut. <laughs> oh yeah, and it yeah. makes it makes it better for the eye that boom 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 and then boom, nice clean change, cut, change clean cut, boom 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 anal, boom 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 oral, boom 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 anal to oral. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess. Jesus. Ask the mouth, ask the mouth. Woo! <laughs> My God. So um, Merry but, Christmas. But uh, but yeah, and so I'll force you to do okay, a vlog. Okay, I'll, I'll try it. You because you can do it on your phone. Yeah, I've done it on my phone. There's these, there's some people that I like. I'll show you, and you'll get into their stuff, and you'll go. Yeah, I want to see. Is... I want to see some stuff because yeah. I'm interested in that. I'm inter- I'm all about diversifying diversification. What's, what's what is what is your like? What is your plan with this business? Like, how did you did you go in? Do not hang myself. <laughs> right. You know, like I I didn't go in wanting to be famous. I didn't go in like I want to be a famous person. I just you know. Um, I want to, you know, do the specials. I want to have the book. I want to, you, you know, um, do the own my own show. And those are things like I'm starting to, you know, we're in the precipice of getting all those things underway. How long have you been doing stand up? I started when I was 19. I Holy did improv shit. for three years. I'm 33 now. You're 33? Yeah. Well, I didn't think that. Yeah, good skin, right? Great <laughs> I'm just kidding. Skin. No, you have really I'm great so skin. Cute. Uh, no, my it's so funny that my daughter thought you were her uh, tutor. I know. I walk in and she's like, she's like fuck. I should have just. I should have played it. Come on, Ida. Let's sit down. I should have pretended to be your daughter's tutor. You'd lose your that talking about not wanting to hang yourself. <laughs> Fucking Isla's tutor. I'm shocked that woman doesn't come in hammered. Really? Uh, yeah, Isla's Isla's got a very tough road to plow when it comes to learning. Oh, that's. I mean, that's difficult. Dyslexic. Man. Yeah, that's hard, especially as a kid. Yeah. Imagine just like nowadays. It's almost like there's this whole promoting of being an asshole to other kids like it, children are just such assholes to each other you have no fucking idea. and so just to add in some like learning curve yeah. she's she's gonna be a strong chick though she should be we'll see i mean I know, I yeah i almost know. sat down and gave her a tutor you with your big ass dog it's interesting that people that they meet and they don't like they kind of just blow it off like like it would be cool for her to sit down with you and i like i always feel that about like I always want to like slow it down and go, girls, come on out to the man cave and talk yeah. to this woman who's doing something very different with her life than fucking ninety eight percent of the women that you get to run into every yeah, day, teachers are, yeah. and moms and like take a look at a woman. It's like like uh, Jen, I love Jen Kirkman. Um, yeah, she's great. And, and I always want, I always want to be like, hey, can you just like <laughs> give give like the perspective they get is from my wife, who I love to death. She seems wonderful. She's pretty fucking dialed. She in seems woman. like dope, like oh. a, like a like a down chick. I'll tell you. I mean, I, I, I'll tell so you. So calm. I'll tell you a great story about her. Is uh, she in meds or is she that calm? No, she no meds. No wow. Therapies forever. She seems like so level. She's uh, she's. She ever snap on you and throw coffee mugs at your face? She's got she's got her issues. Her issues are um. Like her main issue is 
that I know it was that I drive her fucking nuts. Well, but, I I know that. I mean, yeah, like I drive her fucking nuts. Yeah. I I I have a hard time um, self soothing because my parents uh, never let, let made me sleep in my own bed. Oh man! So like, if I had a nightmare, I could just get in bed with my parents. My right. and then fuck their marriage up. It's all and, your fault. And my sister would sleep in bed with them, and like we slept until I was ten. Oh, like shit. I was, I remember being older than ten, sleeping in bed with them. Like I remember being oh in bed with them, God. older than ten. You're doing regents exams in the bed. I mean, I slept with them. I slept with them every. I didn't realize how fucked up this is. I slept with them every day of my life until I was ten. And that's at their 10, fucking fault. Oh yeah, it is. Mom They're, and dad. They should have made me be like, parenting. be like, Bert, go to your room and figure out. How to soothe yourself so you don't yeah. have to drink on a plane every time you get on a plane. Suck your thumb. Get yeah. a blankie like the rest of your friends. But my, but so I, my right now in therapy, I'm going through learning how to soothe because I'll have a problem. That's a great. That's a skill, man. Oh, it's it turns into a lot of pouting and <laughs> temper tantrum throwing. Do you come in here in your man cave naked and put on your cowboy boots and cry? I come into my man cave and I sit back there and I just go, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'll just have a drink. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to open a bottle of wine. Do you gonna... self-loathe a lot? Are you one of those like I do that? I get into those like self-loathing corners sometimes. Where you're just like, I suck. I'm not funny, and nobody like. Do you ever just get into those like dark crevices in your brain and just if, if, sit? If if I did to other people what I do to myself in self-loathing, I would be, I would be a horrible human being. <laughs> like no one would want me. If I said, if I just sat and talked about people the way I talk about myself yeah. to myself, people would be like, fuck Bert, man. Yeah, he's the he worst. He is really bad to hang around. I had a really weird, we were talking about the comedy store, and I've talked about this probably a lot, uh, I guess, I don't know. But uh, I had a weird interaction doing Ari's show with one of the bouncers who was just very not cool. He was just very what, not cool. What happened? Do you want to talk just, about it or you don't want to get into no, specifics? No, well, I don't care. He, he wasn't not cool. Let me rephrase that. And Because I talked to, I talked to, uh, the buddy who came over to smoke a cigar yesterday. I talked to him yeah. about it. it was, he just was doing his job. But I'm at a place in my life where I, my ego is so fragile that, and my self-esteem is so fragile that if I go to a club that I'm not, that I don't necessarily work at, and you're like, and they don't know, and, and, and you're just regular. He wasn't being a dick. He was just regular. He's just like, I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. I'm doing a show. So, yeah, sorry, man. I don't know who you are. And I was like, fuck. In my head, I'm like, like it's a war- it it brings you right back to the beginning yeah, of like stand up and it's and it really is a way to shut a stand up down because now you now you're not a stand up you're not yeah I'm you're not just, a, and now I'm not a guy that looks like I'm lying but and it you get, realize, don't you get in your head oh did it get in my head did this happen when I saw the night I saw you at the store night night after because it happened to me the night I saw you at the store I mean my excuse is I I don't you know I don't know I've just come to L A and. You know, uh, there's yeah. a lot of comedians who don't know who I am, but he did this. Some guy at the store did the same thing. Yeah, and and I I literally was like, "Fuck!" I can, now I got to do a show. I got to yeah, do a show, now you and I'm take like, "Yourself out of that." By the way, he wants me to. He wants me to. He wants me to walk around to the front of the club club and show my ID. I got ID'd. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh my god. And then god. people look at you, and it's just this whole. It's this. Weird and by the way, moment. by the way, I got to defend the guy because I can't. I because he wasn't being a dick. He was doing he was his being, job. He was doing his job. It's why he's paid. A fucking million people show up and go, hey, I'm a, I'm comedian. a comedian. It just happens that when you say it to a guy who's been doing it 16 years, yep. who's like a national headliner yep. and had hour specials and it and, and it's been on TV for six years straight, <laughs> like, it, oh, it fuck. fucking it levels you. <laughs> and you're like, okay, it, nothing means anything. Yeah, I was like, fuck, what have I been <laughs> doing for all this time if no one knows who I am? So, like, and so... 
I was like, I was like heartbroken, and I and I brought, went to Ari and Ari's and I, like because I think I want to say Ari had to come down and or no. Oh God! Does they, somebody have to come bail you? Someone. So I think someone's recognized me and was like Bert. Or I forget. I didn't even. By the way, this is how little I know about the comedy club. I don't know the difference between the OR and the main room, <laughs> and I only know that the belly room's in the back. So that's why yeah. I went to the back. I didn't know you could get to the belly room right. through the front. There's so, so many. There's so many ways to get into yeah, that. Place. I would. I, I I didn't know that you could get to the. I thought there were three separate comedy clubs. Yeah. And so, I only went to the back. So that's where I had only walked. Up a stairwell back there. I didn't know where the stairwell was. I just, I'm literally trying to figure it out. And I, and it looked like I was trying to break in. It did look like I was trying to break in. I'm sure. But, and, and my buddy yesterday was like, dude, every, you got to fucking let that shit go. Everyone gets at it from time to time. It's part of this fucking business. Yeah. Especially as like, part of the yeah, location. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, look, I don't work the club. The guy doesn't know me because I'm not a regular there because I don't fucking work there because I have a family and I'm on the road and I have a TV show that travels. And so I got to defend the guy in that sense. Yep. I got to defend any of those kids that would say, I don't know who you are. What, do we, what is he supposed to say? Oh, oh. Let me Google you real quick. Yeah. Like, what, he's show fucking, him your Twitter account. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a comic. No. He just is working the fucking door trying to make- He's a paycheck. Yeah. He's just, and he's like, hey man, I don't know who you are. And, and you're not Harlan Williams. And that's who I know. Yep. You're not Dice. I know that guy. Yep. You're not Joe Rogan. You're not Ari. You're not guys so you're, that are here every so single night. You're no one to me. Yeah. And 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 prove you're someone, and I'll let you in. Yep. And or you can just be treated like everyone else to show your ID. And it just fucked with my ego. So the next day, I was like, I was destroying myself. I was <laughs> literally destroying myself. And I Did got you come in bed. back here with the chickens. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> I was like, because now I got to do Red Man show, and I'm like, fuck, I got to go through this thing all again tomorrow. I got to go and be like. I'm a fucking. Uh, I'm just. I gotta go in and show like my social media presence just to feel validated at the door of a comedy club. And it's but it's a weird thing. It's, it's a, a very weird, weird thing. thing, and it happens. I was talking to Tripoli about it. It happens to him at the Improv. Cause he didn't hang out at the Improv yeah. a lot, and and it doesn't happen to me at the Improv. But it just happens that I go to the Improv a lot, and I, I've been going there a lot. Yeah. So they know who I am, and if and. So it's just it just happens at clubs you don't go. Like if I went to Laugh Factory, I don't ever go to the fucking Laugh Factory. I'm not a I'm not a nothing wrong with that place. Yeah. But I just don't. That wasn't my scene when I was younger. Yeah, it doesn't in the kind of style of comedy I did. Yep. And I like the improv. And I don't know why I picked the improv. But so I went back. Had to go back the next night. And I was throwing temper tantrum for myself and my wife. This is how great my wife is. <laughs> my wife came into the room, knew I was throwing temper tantrum, and read quotes about piety. And she was like, "You were Are being you serious." She was like, "You were being pious." She was like, you need to be playful. That's who you are. Who you are doesn't give a fuck if some guy doesn't know who you are. She's like, are you serious? She came out with the vocabulary like that? No, she was like, she was like, you need to you need to go there with humility. Who do, Is your she, wife the Dalai Lama? She's just a really centered wow. fucking person. And so she then That gave like leveled me, me and it wasn't even She my gave experience. me the speech about how about being fucking humble? You have a beautiful house. You have a beautiful family. You have you don't have to worry about money. Yeah. You have a great career. How about just going up to a guy who doesn't know who the fuck you are and saying, "Hi, my name's Bert Kreischer. I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I have a show tonight." And being a fucking humble, playful person. And I went, "Oh, good call. Maybe that's how I should have acted to this guy the other night, as opposed to whatever I said. I'm sure it didn't come out as dickish as I'm making it yeah. sound now. But like, oh, I'm a comedian. I have a fucking show. <laughs> Don't stop me. I'm just walking in. I whatever wrestled a bear. Ego, 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 ego. Well, a lot of. It, the ego thing, I always say that all comedians are insecure narcissists because what we do is rooted in ego, equal amounts of ego and insecurity. Yeah. 
you need to have the insecurity to dig out the material and you need to have the ego to deliver it. Yeah. So it's a balance and, and, it's, and a it's balance to, to be able to do what you're about to do. It's a fucking thing. So anyway, the next night I go back to the store and I'm like, this will be bad. And so I go up to the front door and the guy goes, the guy goes, uh, I go, hi, I'm a comedian. My name is Burt Kreischer. He goes, I know who you are. I was like, oh. same guy. No, different guy. Uh. But I was like, oh, thank God. And then he was like, <laughs> just go. Back. I go. I don't work here very often, so I don't know where I'm going. He's like, go back there. So I walked to the, and I have to go by another bouncer. And I'm like, hi, my name's Bert. He's like, I know who you are, man. Just go back there. <laughs> so I was like, it just happened that the one guy working that one night maybe didn't. I don't know who. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I did say I did have a great time at the store that night. Yeah, it was a place I'd love to work more. But the truth is, I am also not home a ton. So I can't put in the man hours to just you have to you have to you have to go and you have to hang and you have to do the whole scene. Thing. It's worth it's, it. It's hard. It is worth it. It's, it's a it's great difficult. club. It's a, it it's is a great club. Great it feels group good. of comics that yep. hang out there and they uh, got the energy. It's been around forever, but it's hard. Like when you're on the road a lot, like that's how I feel. I go in and I'm just like I feel like I'm back at square one because. Where, and you you started in Sar- doing stand up in Syracuse. I started in Boston. Doing oh, that's right, there, in Boston. Yep. And we and then when did you move to New York? Because New York has that energy of yes. like having to like. Woo. New York is like it's like dental work. That's what it feels like. It feels like every time you go out, you're just getting a fucking a molar ripped out of your face. <laughs> where did you Where did you first start working in New York? Um, just like comedy run shows, like comedian run shows. Like I just did all those, like the the Village Lantern, the oh, yeah. um, what was that one around the on West Third, um, Comedy Underground. Um, and then I started, I just started running my own bullshit shows and barking, getting people in. I just did you that barked? for years. Oh yeah. I barked. Middle of the winter. I out, barked. In the corner. That, that Boston comedy club flyer is what I used to hand out when I barked. Oh my, it looks like, you know, it looks like a, a, a flyer for a guy who does senior photos. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well. The, That's awesome. That was, uh, I used to bark and hand out that I flyer. I out flyers too for like years. Yeah. And then you go and you do, you know, you take a majority of the stage time you bogart the stage time and you yeah. hand it out to the rest of your friends it's the best, the best. now and then when did you start doing tv like when did you i started the first tv i did was a tyra bank show like years ago you did the tyra bank yes show? i did it was like 2008 i this barked is... her i barked her into the comedy club one time you did? I, I didn't know who she was she was just a hot chick and i was, was like, she tall she's a big she, well i know she's tall but yeah. like she's a big ass woman she's big yeah. and i barked her in before the club was open like meaning, like I barked her in at like seven thirty. There, no one. We hadn't sat anyone. So she brought, well, came into the club to get seats and didn't. You didn't see know anyone. who she was. Didn't know who she was. Wow. Just a beautiful black she woman. She is beautiful. Yeah, I did her show. It was this thing called a segment called Guests on the Side, and they were trying to like increase the ratings. And so they were trying to find a comedian to be like the you know the bounce off, like the clown of the show, yeah. basically. And they didn't give me any format. You know, there was a, like one thing I had to do as far as like a technicality, like just holding up cards and doing some sort of specific thing. Other than that, they were like just sort of like feed off of her, keep it clean. You know, just kind of pop up what she says. And I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't want to step on her toes or anything. When she addressed me, I said some stuff, and I had like a chair in the middle of the audience. And it went great. You know, it was my first gig. Uh, I was so proud that I was able to not swear and not go salacious and say, you know, b- butthole jokes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it went great. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so they had me back one more time and it went great again. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is how TV is. And then she didn't want me back. She didn't want me back. I don't know why. And then the show got canceled. Yeah. And well, this, it, it's so funny because hold on one second, Leanne, come in here and please don't talk to anybody if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to come in here and not talk to anybody. Jesse, please don't acknowledge her or bring her up for the next oh, 30 seconds. Did you want to say something, honey? I did. I wanted to again offer for everyone to start their free trial site today at squarespace.com. 
because, you know, their sites look really professionally designed, regardless of your skill level. No coding is required. It's very intuitive and easy to use, and you get a free domain name when you sign up for a year. Wow, who doesn't want that? Uh, Who doesn't want that? So when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code BERTCAST to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. All right, babe. I'll be in in a second. Thank you. Hey, Jesse, do me a favor. Don't mention that she was in here or kind of ignore that that just happened. And let's just keep talking. You were saying it's in when that moment, it's so about you. Yeah. Like you're like, why the fuck? What does she yeah, hate about me? Like, and then that you go, what did I do wrong? And then you start like recycling. You go over all the things you said. And you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said this. And then the, and the, it just... It comes down to just whatever the the way the breeze was blowing that day. Oh, it's just it comes down to the fact that she probably wasn't thinking about you at all. Yeah, that her show's about to get canceled, and she's trying to keep her head above water. Yeah, and it's and I guarantee you, Tyra thought about Tyra a lot. Oh yeah, because that, that's the craziest. Oh, it was Tyra. Thing. It was Tyra Day. Yeah, it's yeah. But then, so something funny happened recently that made me think about that. So I had to do a Skype, uh, like I had to Skype with a couple network executives and a, and a couple producers for a, sh- a new show. On I think it was like. I forget what network it was, some daytime show that they wanted to meet me and consider me for being on the panel. And this was like four or five months ago. And so I'm Skyping with these two girls and we're having a great time and they're asking about all my experiences and, you know, um, what I want to do and my TV experiences. And I told them about the Tyra Banks show. And now keep in mind, I didn't know what this was for. And this is just, this is why I can't wake up in the morning and not have a cup of coffee. I need to think about what's going on in the day before I am expected to talk because it's unfiltered. Yes. If I don't look at a schedule book or know who I'm meeting, I'm gonna. I'm just not gonna book whatever. Yeah. So I tell them the story that I just told you, and 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 I also added the fact that I didn't think Tyra was a good host. Oh. I was like, you know, it was a little bit difficult of a job because she kind of dropped the ball a few times, and I had to try and you know, it was my first experience, so it was like difficult. So it turns out the show that I'm skyping with these women about is a new Tyra Bank show. And I had just told them how shitty I thought she was. Holy shit. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And that so is. That, so that, that Skype was like a few, a few months ago. So, so fast forward to Wednesday or Thursday night. I did Laugh Factory and then I did the improv. And I'm in the bathroom. And I there's these two girls in there. And I come out and the one girl's like, oh, I'm so excited to see you. I'm here to see you. And I look at her. I'm like, you look kind of familiar. She's like, yeah, I Skyped with you on the phone about that show and I'm like oh my god God. I was like can I just clear myself like I didn't mean to be a bitch about Tyra I think she's great and talented I just was like it was morning I didn't have my green tea yet and I just was like totally off the cuff unfiltered she's like no no it's fine it's fine I mean I didn't book the gig yeah for whatever reason yeah. but it was just was funny like those moments come back and you're like you gotta shut your fucking mouth once in a while now where do you find yourself getting like where do you find yourself getting not pigeonholed but typecast in this business you know i guess it's the, the funny and pretty thing kind of drives me nuts really yeah i mean I, I i i don't mind like i don't play up my prettiness and i don't play it down i don't think about it yeah. as much um so i guess like just the whole having to categorize it specifically kind of just drives me a little nuts yeah but in the same breath it's like you know you got to know where your strengths are and you have to realize that the business is labeled for a reason because people need labels to digest stuff. Yeah. So I guess I just, that maybe is the only thing that I, that I've been typecasted as, but I'm just trying to be funny. That's it. Yeah. I just want to be funny. I don't want to try and do something to fit into some sort of slot. 
That's the weird thing is I feel like they set up slots. They do. They're preemptive slots and they want you to fit in so that they can consume you the way that they want to consume you. And I think that's for me, people, I I guess where I'm at is like people don't really, the industry knows who I am, but I'm still at that, the, the, precipice of of doing things so i guess it's an advantage because i'm still i haven't yet done that big show that for that i'm starring in and i haven't yet you know released a book that i've been writing so all these things are new do you want to write a book yeah i started i started like two years ago it's a fucking nightmare it's a nightmare because people don't realize how many drafts you have to do (sighs) you start and you get it done and you're like this is fucking amazing someone equated it to uh, maybe a David Spade said it's like I'm, I'm only saying next I have I have his book. Yeah, so like, right next to yours, right here yeah. on the coffee table. Um, to like giving birth or having a baby or having a child, I would. I mean, if it, that's what it's like to give birth, I don't want to do it again. You don't want to do it again, yeah. And it's just it's been a long process, and you you leave it because you get busy with other stuff. And I'm on the road a lot, and the podcast. You're doing the road thing. a lot right now. Yeah, like I literally I see your. I, I see you in every club I'm about to go to. Yeah, I, I'm always like, you know, I look at the guys that I know and I'm like, oh, I love Bert. There's always like a few people I'm like, these are the best. Yeah, my my, my people that I always saw were like Bobby Lee. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy. I mean, he's I, so I, fucking funny. Bobby Lee is the sweetest guy. Oh, I love that guy. He Don't you look at him and just you think he's a toddler? Every time I see him, he feels like a toddler makes, to me. He's, he is Pure. When my wife said playfulness, yes, playfulness over piety. That is Bobby Lee. Yeah, there's not pious part of him. He's he is just a fun, giggling, <laughs> and face. and I'm like and I'm like I want to be more like that. Like who the fuck doesn't like Bobby Lee? <laughs> like uh, Ari. Ari beat him up one time, but oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I used to see Bobby Lee. There was a guy named J, uh, J Medicine Hat. Do you know who that is? Oh, it sounds like a drug dealer. That's an uh, interesting name. He passed away. He had a stroke. Oh, he was, I'm sorry. He did a lot. No, 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 no. Did he he do did a lot of drugs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not talking ill of the dead. I think anyone that knew him. I'll talk ill of the dead. I'll bring it on. <laughs> He's, uh, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he was a guy I always was about to come into. Uh, there's a guy, there's a guy I'd really like to have on my podcast. Um, Who is it? The Raging Cajun. John. Yeah. John. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's in, in every Raging funny Cajun, boat. Come on. What's his last name? John. Oh fuck! But he's he's like yeah. he's destructive. I mean, he every club he goes to, the, he's like the staff's favorite comic. He destroys every fucking show. Yeah. And the really fascinating thing about him: his wife won the lottery. What? His wife won the lottery, so he doesn't need to work. How, like a like a jackpot. Like fucking millions. Thirty million or one hundred and sixteen million. Like like one like legit. Like won the lottery. That's insane. Uh, John, not John. John Witherspoon. I got to type. I know you got to go. I'm gonna go home and be like, "What? What was it?" And just not realize I can Google it. The Rage and Cajun sounds like a good. I mean, it sounds like a hot sauce brand. Uh, or what I call my vagina after a bad, you know, weekend. <laughs> the Rage and Cajun. <laughs> oh, I went out with a Rage and Cajun last night. <laughs> Fuck. Um, shit. do you have a boyfriend? I'm kind of seeing a fella. How's that work? It's been working well because he can travel a lot, so he's been traveling to my weekends with me. John Morgan. Okay. See, I wouldn't have thought of Morgan. John Morgan, the Raging Cajun. If anyone wants to hit up John Morgan. Hit him up. Get some hot sauce. Yeah, it's it's weird having a significant other. We haven't said the boyfriend-girlfriend thing because the whole... I don't want to... I feel like once you start... Labeling things? Then it just sort of starts to deplete. 
Maybe that's just because I'm jaded. I come from a broken home, but uh, my wife—that's what I said to my wife. The second you start labeling things, it, it makes it complicated. You know what my wife said? What? Then I'm done with you. I was like thirty. I was twenty-nine years old. Wow. And I was like, what? I love your wife. And she was like, uh, she's like, I'm, I'm a serious person. I know that I love you, and if you cannot say I love you back to me and commit to me, then what am I doing? I'm wasting my fucking time. Yeah. And I went. Hold on. And she's like, no, nah, I'm done. And dump We're me. so jaded. We're so jaded yes. because we come from these like, you know, you you were sleeping with your parents till you were like 17. My mom moved in the neighbor when I was nine. My neighbor's dad, she moved in when I was nine. What do you mean? Well, she my parents were together yeah. and then my dad, you know, left. And then the guy, who, the father who lived two doors down, the father of the family that I grew up with moved in. And like was, it was there for you know it was like my stepdad after that was I was like why is dating Steve your here? mom yeah I was wow. like, why, why is Steve here and why are his kids still over there like what's happening wait was your mom why did your parents get split up you know I I just think arguing whatever the accumulation of personalities that you know incapable the the being uh uncompat what is the word that I'm trying to say. Incompatible? Uh, yeah, that's right. Is it on yeah. or in? I never know. Incompatible? Is incapacitated. Incapacitated. Uncompat. Not compatible. Yeah. Um, and I they think they were just arguing a lot. And then, you know, they decided to... Are you an only child? No, I had a sister. who's four years older. Yeah. yeah. But she was, you know, she was older when this happened. She kind of understood. So I think that, you know... But, like, the point is you just have these experiences that sort of make you see how bad it can be. And then that becomes the 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 best it could be. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, no, say it again. What do you mean? Like you, you grow up in a certain environment and you see the worst of it. And in your mind, that's as good as it gets. And so you sort of uh, keep that as a, a a standard for your relationships. Yeah. And I'm speaking for myself. You just sort of follow. You stay in that lane of dating guys who you don't really value or they don't value you. And you just sort of recycle this thing that you've experienced in your life until you realize oh that's not that's not healthy yeah that's not the way to do it yeah everyone deserves more you don't have to you know uh repeat history that's exactly i found crazy women my whole life i found women that needed something yeah you're attracted to that right and i was attracted to that and it was like i wanted someone with volatile like i look back it's so interesting uh i look back at the relationships i had not only I i was never abusive but I was definitely not a healthy boyfriend to anybody. Right, like emotionally like, reckless. I was, I was, I was just like, I get my feelings hurt really easily, yeah. and I throw temper tantrums, and like, I was the same way. Like I was, I'm very grateful that there wasn't an internet back then that people could have posted <laughs> stories about what a bad boyfriend I was. Right. Like, I mean, I, I was the kind of boyfriend that like their friends were like, "You need to break up with this guy. He's not healthy for you." <laughs> like, and I just was like, like I. I treated people poorly. I was very self-centered. How'd you get out of that? Did you did you take therapy? Get, get no, into therapy? I I I my last girlfriend uh, that probably last girlfriend like uh, not legit last girlfriend but like before my wife the last one I said that I loved yeah um was this girl Kristen who was who was the reason I got into stand up and she was just very supportive. She was really. I mean, she was just like the kind of person that was like that you needed in your life in that moment. It's I was a, a horrible thing. boyfriend to her. Like I was not a good boyfriend. Right. I mean, not that I, not that I was like I never hit her. I never like, uh, I never was demeaning to her. Right. At all. I was just uh, emotional I was, issues. I liked. I liked to fight. 
you know? Yeah. Like, so I'd, I'd pick fights. I don't know. It's not just not, yeah, I was emotionally a bad person. Yeah. And I would, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to explain, but like. No, I get it. It's, it's hard. It's like a, you. I've never laid my hands on a woman, but I definitely have acted like the people that do. Meaning like, I've been like, what the fuck? You know, like. I just never like, which I think is like emotional abuse. It is emotional abuse, and it's it's just a not knowing how to communicate and not knowing how to connect and not being comfortable with my feelings. I've been yep. cheated on by a girl, and so I never trusted anybody. Yep, and then it's, that becomes, and that's what I'm saying. Like when something happens and you experience, then you're sort of in this lane of repeating it and going after it. Yeah, and then you're just fighting it, but wanting it and fighting and you're it, bringing it in, it. and you're like, and you want that fucking thing because yep. that's what you know is safety. And I remember at the end. Of the relationship, I remember her being like, I was living in New York. She was the whole reason that, I, I mean, like, not the whole reason, but she was a vast majority of the reason that I got into stand-up because I had said about it in this Rolling Stone article, and she, and everyone got me to do it. She supported me. She supported me moving to New York. She was a flight attendant. Wow. She would come up to New York, and she would tell me I'm the funniest person she's ever seen, that I'm funnier than everyone else. But then a- after a while, it was like a long-distance relationship, and it wasn't healthy. Like, we would just get on the phone and fight. And uh, and I'm sure I was picking the fights because I didn't yeah. know what she was doing and I didn't trust her. And then we broke up and I thought – and she was – I remember her one time saying like, are you happy? Because I'm not happy and you don't seem happy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not that fucking happy. Like in, in all honesty, I was able to say in all honesty, yeah, I'm definitely not happy. Like, Was I, this it the is- first time that you actually addressed that emotion and realizing, oh, oh, this – there's there it is. Yeah, I am not enjoying myself. Did you have an Oprah aha moment? Yeah. <laughs> an emotional Oprah aha moment? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I want to get rid of this jealousy and I want to get rid of all these things of not trusting women. How did you do that? So do you I think just, stand uh, uh, getting into stand-up was therapy for you in a sense? I like think, how did you get rid of – How did for me it took therapy getting out of that um, emotional, that repetitive, unhealthy, ruthless, reckless – sort of repetition how did so i use therapy did you didn't i, st- I said i'm i'm I'm, ref- I'm not gonna let myself date anyone until i can figure out how to operate in this with another person yeah. that's exactly what i said to myself too like i, I was i've been single this is the first guy i've dated since my last volatile relationship who was with a comedian who was do i know him Giannis Papas. okay we dated we lived together we were together for almost three years it was, it was difficult so I, after that relationship, I was like, I, I got to figure out what my issues are yeah. before I'm able to even al- allow somebody into my life. Yeah. That's a big step. And that's a big thing to realize as a, as a human being that I got to figure my shit out because then if you don't do that, you just repeat these horrible patterns. Is that, I remember thinking, I was like, that girl Kristen was really cool. She was really cool and I kind of fucked it up because I didn't trust her and I didn't trust anybody and I... And I would just allow little bullshit to not make things fun. Right. I was like, and I'm not that I wanted to be with her, but I was like, the next person that comes by, I better be ready. Like, I better be ready emotionally. So I was like, I'm not dating anybody until I figure this out. And I was like, just, and I just didn't, wouldn't date anybody. And I would hook up and which made me feel very uncomffortable, very insecure. Right. Because are you the person who kind of likes an emotional connection as well? It's hard to just bang. First one night stand, I think I said, I love you to the person. (laughs) I've never had a one night stand i uh, can't do that i've only had i've only freaks had me out two i've only been with six women wow yeah you're and like so, amish <laughs> yes i am wait how many wait how old were you when you lost your virginity uh well first time i lost my virginity was it was an unwanted experience yeah i was i was raped by a boyfriend 
Is that too heavy to say? No. I mean, I talk about it. I have, you know, it's, yeah. it's material that I'm trying to wait, get into. How old were you? 16. That was my first sexual experience. And wait, like, I, I, and okay, I dated someone at one point that had that experience too. Yeah, and it's it's a weird thing because, you know, everyone, their buttholes pucker up when you say rape, first of all. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, int- it's a weird word because it's so loaded with so many yes. things, but it's like, it's almost like saying, um, it's almost like the word pregnant. Yeah. Like, once it happens, there's no other thing than that to call it. That's all it is. You can't call it anything lighter right. than that. It's that. Right. And it has different It has different um, stages, just like pregnancy. There are different yeah. things that can happen under that word. Um, and one of the ones that makes people feel like, oh, well, that's not real rape is when it's with somebody you know. And it was yeah. with a guy that I was dating, but I wasn't ready. I wanted to wait. You know, I was one of these girls that was like, I'm going to wait. I'm not ready for sex. And he didn't honor that. And that was my first sexual experience. So that kind of set me off as well, like having, you know, like, oh, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be. So wait, was it just that one time or did he do it a couple times? It was that one time and then... I didn't tell anybody. I I went and got the Plan B pill because I thought I was going to get pregnant, and so I was sick for like three days oh after that. God, I didn't tell my mom. Heavy. It was heavy, yeah. And you know, you're not re- emotionally ready to handle all this. Stuff. No, I was 16 years old. Yeah. And you know, the other thing was that like I I stayed with him for a couple weeks after that because I just was so confused. I was like, this is somebody I, I trust. What's how long, happening? How long had you been dating before that? Like, you, I was 16, but you know, when you're 16, it's like puppy love. Yeah. But he was older. He was 18 years old. Um, and then he, he, he choked me, pushed me up against the wall, grabbed me by my neck and choked me against the wall over. I don't care what it was. I mean, you never, obviously that's horrible. And then I was in my mind, I'm like, this is terrible. I don't care what it was. If you had stole 10 grand from him, I get it. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I had like killed his dog, maybe. There's reasons to chokehold somebody. Like I can figure out a few reasons. I think but. I changed the channel. It, the reason was so much, like yeah. so minuscule. You're right. I should take that back. There are reasons to choke out a bitch. <laughs> there's, like, there's like definitely a few times where you're like, what? I'm gonna like, choke a motherfucker. No, no, no. He fuck. She fucking sold him out to the mob. Like that's when you choke somebody. He's gonna be killed. Like oh, okay, okay. He's gonna be killed in a week. No, yeah. I, I was joking, obviously. Oh but, my god. That's but it's so, so funny. funny. You go, I don't know what the reason was. And I'm sure. Was, and all I thought was I was trying to think of what Why would be would, the reason. What would validate you know, it? Would validate it. Whatever. So it wasn't a validated chokehold. Uh, and then after the day, I was like, "That's it. I, this is unhealthy." And then I just kept it a secret for a long time. You know, I told I told my sister, and my mom about it two, three years ago, for the really? first time. Yeah, even though I had gotten into it in my comedy and tried to like. And so you only had sex with him that one time. Yeah. Fuck. And did you see him? Again? Was he in your school? No, he he was out of school. He was a, a bouncer at my cousin's club. This oh, is like God. real upstate, small town shit, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's very, um, I think it's common for people who come from homes that have been shaken up a bit. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. just some dude. He was a bouncer at a club, like just trashy stuff, you know. And I was looking for that, you know, looking for affection in any corner that I could find it and sort of thinking being attracted to somebody is obviously not good for me. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about that person that would be a, a, a suitable mate for a 16 year old. But that's probably why I was attracted to it because I'm looking for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was the first time I uh, had sex. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. I, I, I don't have, not that if I did, I'd share this, but like, I don't have, uh, I don't have any part of rape mentality in my heart yeah only because i'm very embarrassed of my body i'm very embarrassed of how i'll perform sexually i'm, I'm like i'm literally 
it's the main. I mean, I, I don't know, like Stop. the confidence rapists must have I, to no. be able to be like, no, I know you want it. Like yeah. I, I literally have, I've had women think I was gay because literally, if they said no at all, I was like, okay, never mind. And they're like, whoa, hold on. No doesn't mean no. Yeah, some girls know, like they say, they play with the no. Yeah. Because they want to have like that little thing. I was thing. like, fuck you. Which is you smart. No. Like I've definitely had awkward situations. Like I had a weird threesome one time where everyone was like, oh, fuck. But I don't like, even, I can't even, I've never had a threesome. Like I feel like it's, it's, how do you juggle well, mine was all with that? two other guys. So it was just, all, okay. So it was, it was just like three guys. No, <laughs> was it in the man cave? Am I sitting guys. in a, am I sitting in a wet spot? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, <laughs> there's it was, a lot of wine glasses in here. It was, it was, I, it, it was, I don't even know if it constitutes, no one had sex, but it doesn't constitute technically as a threesome. Was it really two guys? No. Was, oh, I was, was just two, like a jerk circle. I don't know girls. if you guys were like in stockings. Jerking I don't think my wife up. even knows about that. Maybe we should cut that part out. No, we'll leave it in. Uh, Dave Coulier, but, cut it out. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> that is so fucking. I'm funny. so glad that you caught that. Of course. <laughs> so, wait, so when was the next time you had sex? Um, I think probably like within six months after that, with just some boy that I didn't really know. Really? Yeah, was, was it almost to like write your boat? Yeah, and also just trying to find you know the balance i was so young and that was my introduction into that world i was just like i don't know how to Sucks. how to navigate this what's my vagina for that's a very important thing for parents to teach their kids what your vagina is for and how and how to allow people into it because yeah. it's it's a powerful thing i think it's undervalued you know you gotta you gotta put pussy strength in your daughters not you personally but just <laughs> people in general and yeah. you as well yeah i i it, it's a very powerful thing. It it's runs power, this house. Powerful thing. Your your house is, and you got chickens. You you are outnumbered by puss. Oh, if 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 my my. I don't wife, mean to say puss and your daughters. I feel like in no, the sentence it's a doesn't being run, insensitive. No, I mean it in the in the nicest respectful way. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. It is when so when you have that as your first experience, is there a connection to that ever? Do does that ever come up? Oh yeah, for really? years. That's really? all. That was the core of it for years. It was, you know, it was really hard to find that balance and realize that uh, I should be also pleased during sex. I didn't know that for years. I didn't know that that was a, a part of sex. So it, it became this bad pattern of just not having a healthy sexual life, and and that makes it difficult in relationships. So that was also an additive, like a little um, uh, ingredient in the emotional issues that I already had from coming from a broken home that just sort of made me not ready to be in relationships and me dating people who obviously represented this idea that I felt about myself. So, you know, it just becomes a pattern of dating these people who don't deserve you and, and you know, vice versa and just sort of using each other, using um, uh, this sort of mentality that people are disposable. So it took a while to to realize the pattern and, and, and realize the self-worth. So interesting. You you seem like the girl in college that I would have been afraid to talk to. <laughs> like, like you're just really, Why? well, you're really pretty. You're confident. You're funny. I would have been like, oh, she's meant for like the, the, uh, the guy whose dad owns half <laughs> of West Virginia <laughs> or her, the dad who's uh, the girl, the, the boy whose dad owns Browning gun company. <laughs> And he only all the dates. corner stores. Yeah, like the, yeah exactly. Right. His and, name's on every shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and but it's so funny in talking to you about it. You're like, oh, I just went for the like the bouncer, the 18 year old yeah. loser bouncer, and you're like, 
it's so funny. I never saw that loser. Ba- I saw him as the stud because he got girls <laughs> like you. And I was always like, I always dated really great girls. But I always, it, it's interesting that, yeah. that you see it that way. Now, how were you the first time you had an orgasm? Oh, that's a good question. I want to ask my wife too. That's a good question. I if my wife will answer that question. I'm going to say it was years after I first had sex. Years. Really? And when it happened, I was alone. I, I figured it out on my oh, own. Oh, you figured it out on Yeah, and I was like, what? I was like, was it a ghost? Yeah, it was. What do they call that? When when girls think they've been boned by... It's a like ghost? Fanta, Fanta something. I've definitely had those. Yeah, where you get fucked by ghosts. I've had... Perfect I've been fucked relationship. By a ghost. I've been fucked by a ghost. Have you been like in the butthole? No, 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 no. How I do you a, get fucked? Like, no, no, they got on top of me. Really? Oh, yeah. But it, Stop it! I swear to God. But I, Bert, you just I went... Your craziness just went off the charts. I swear to God. But I think it was... I really think it was a nocturnal emission. And that was and part you were of dreaming? the dream. It was a dream. Yeah. But like, I definitely thought... Like, nocturnal emission sounds like something that happens to your car at night. <laughs> Doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. sound like a body-related thing. It sounds like your car's leaking in the park yeah. in the a wet driveway. Dream. A wet dream. <laughs> Nocturnal emission. That's why. Yeah, like, Call wet Ford. Dream. Wet dream sounds so. <laughs> wet dream sounds so much more what it is. Can I turn that into a joke? Is please, that funny? Please, yeah. Okay, that's the funny. other thing you got to turn into a joke is, uh, and I was already thinking of this, and I was like, I'll what? Don't, is uh, I don't know if you talk about getting choked by a boyfriend there's no reason to choke a girl and go actually i can find a couple yeah, if yeah. i had flushed all his coke and his gun down the toilet oh, that's such a good angle i've had a hard time like trying to because people pucker up when i talk about rape they pucker up when i talk about abuse they pucker up and so it's like it's it's hard subject to get into it's it, well, what's fascinating and this is i by the way i would never i don't talk about rape only because i had one joke about it and matt Fultron told me he's like yeah He's like, it's a great joke. Gets a good laugh, and it's good that you can go dark like that. But he's like, are you really that guy? And I was like, what? And he's like, I mean, think about it. Like, everyone came to have a really great time, and like, you just brought up the worst day in someone's life. Like, someone sat in the crowd and was like, oh, that's right, I got raped. Oh, that fucking show sucks now. And I was like, that's I was interesting. Like, it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's an interesting like, way to look how somebody, how the audience would connect to it and the and, energy and, and they'd why feel. they'd come to see me. No one's coming yep. to see me to see me go like dark, right? They won't. They want to see me take chances, but no one wants to be reminded of that. Right. For me, that's for my show. Right. For if you go to Tosh and and you don't expect to hear stuff that's going to dark. Take, like if, yeah, if you have a dude in your family that's paraplegic, a blind guy, a special needs guy, and your mu- and your sister got raped, and don't you're go looking to, for like physical humor yeah, about puppies. Yeah, that's the wrong show to go to. Yep. But what I find fascinating. In that story you told, from a comics perspective, and I don't—I would never suggest that I'd know how to tell a rape joke. No, I mean, I, I'm all—I'm all ears. But I find it interesting that he raped you and you still dated him, but he choked you and you said that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that you said there's never a reason to choke someone, but clearly, like you there's had always justified, a reason to rape someone. <laughs> you justified a reason to be raped, like you're like. In your head, you were That's like, interesting. he didn't mean it like that right. or whatever you thought. I'd well, be interested he, to hear. I'm going to give him another shot. I'll give him another shot. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was me. Maybe like, it was just a, he had an off day. But then he choked you and you're like. And, That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but like I would. It's so funny to find. That is funny because. there's. You said there's never a reason to choke someone. I could think of like. So, I, could I could think, think of like, of 10. I could think of 10 off the top of my head. Yep. Why, why choking someone? Like grabbing someone and choking them. Touching your makes, kid. Somebody hit your kid. Oh, Somebody fuck, took yeah. a shit in your doorstep. Someone's somebody bu- punched your window. Yeah. Somebody stole something out of your man cave. You've, uh, I like. I can. I go even That's darker. Four. Like, dude, 
you fucking lit my cat on fire? You lit my like, cat on fire, you son of a bitch. Well, what the fuck were you... Yeah. But like, I can actually never think of a reason to rape right, someone. Right. Except the Louis C.K. joke. You well, ever hear that? Well, I, I, There's no reason ever to rape someone. Unless, of course, you want to have sex with them and they don't want you to right, have right, sex right. with them. Yeah. Then, yeah, you totally have yeah. to rape them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good. total Louis. I'd have to be careful of the parallel there. If someone took your chicken, would you choke them? Took one, you, have three, you have three? If someone took one, would that, is that chokeable? No. no. What if they took all three? Uh, we almost thought we lost one the other day and I got really panicked. And if someone had, I had seen someone with my chicken, I just would have, I'm very non-confrontational. Like I even, like I've, that, and I think that leads back to me never, I can never imagine hitting a woman. Yeah. Because I just, that's not. It's a certain, it's a, it's a, I can't it's a chemical hitting, thing. It's hard for me to hit a guy. Like yeah. why would I hit a woman? If I, like if I'm going to be a guy that hits, I'd hit men first. Cause yeah. that's more Test acceptable. It <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like your rage builds. Yeah. And that's where no one's going to. But I never could really hit a guy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a certain um, chemical that already exists in your DNA. I think that uh, makes you the type of person that can commit those 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 acts. You're an atrocious person. Yeah, you're an atrocious person. You have deep rooted issues that probably will never be cured. Yeah, anytime I see someone, a guy who's violent with other men, I go that trickles over. Yeah, it sure you, does. You can't. Uh, you can't. I'm not saying like MMA fighters who do it for a living. I'm not saying well, that's that. a sport. That's different. That's a sport. But I'm saying like and guys, that, guys that are at a bar, they're like, "Fuck that guy," and they punch him. Just like, just like ruthless. I'm like, wow, that whatever part of that personality is. Yeah, and it's a scary thing because it's predatory and it's rooted in a really animalistic urge that I feel the you know the more cognitive part of your brain can't control. Yeah, I, I also used to say that the guys like the, the whole rape culture joke thing. Yeah, they're like, well, guys who. Uh, I don't forget how I forget how it went, but the one thing I said, the one thing you can be certain is that any guy who makes a rape joke would never rape anybody, right? And, a guy and people who don't doesn't that. make rape jokes probably that's who you need to yeah. work out. Because I, I remember when I when I made that joke and Fultron saw it, I was like, yeah, but I would never do that. That's why I'd make the joke. And is, was that his point? And Matt, Matt's like, well, I don't know. But you're bringing up like a horrible time in someone's life. I always think the guys that make them are like Daniel Tosh would never fucking rape anybody. No, no. Never in a million no. fucking years. And I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think the jokes correlate to the action. No, they don't. I think it, it, it's about experience and like what experiences you have and the level of darkness and, you know, neglect. And there, it's such a, it, it's such a, um, specific thing i think the experiences you have sort of shape that comedic brain and they there's so many different lanes it can go into and you sort of like when you see you know acts like richard pryor sam kinnison and how dark they would go and and, in the subject matter that they would touch you can link it back if you if you knew their history you'd be like oh that kind of there's a through line there that exists yeah it's almost you know it's just like when you're born, there's all these ingredients that are stuck in your body. And, and then, you know, you experience things and that's more ingredients. And it creates this, you know, jerk chicken stew when you become an adult. And that's your, your outlook on life. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. No, I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I find, uh, I don't know, I find, like, if I was a female comic and I had gone through something like that, everyone's like, there's a woman who just recently came out and said she was sexually assaulted yep. and uh and everyone's uh, it's so sad that the internet then attacks her oh we're playing badminton today yeah but, the kids out there playing badminton no no the, I, they are the chickens playing badminton no isla isla are you cleaning <laughs> cleaning we had a badminton set got bought for christmas and i was like she's bringing out a badminton set either we're playing badminton or my wife's making him clean the living room i love talking you're 
like there's a woman who can't, came out about being sexually abused. Are Isla? Are you badminton? <laughs> yeah. And here comes the chickens in the man cave. I but can't handle it. I feel like I'm in a fairy tale. It's too much. But I, I hate that the internet that there are human beings who would try to sizzle down her talking about that as like trying to capitalize on her right. career. And, and, yeah, and, or... and I know her personally. She's not that person to say something to capitalize on it. She's. Yeah, I, She's one of the sweetest, you know. That's so funny. I, I, Isla was sitting on my lap and I was looking at her Instagram. Yeah. And uh, that must have been an interesting uh, moment. Well, it it didn't. It was. I had it on one of my tabs because mm-hmm. it came out and I clicked on it and I went, "Holy shit, that looks looks it, it just look confusing, shitty. right? You're just it, like, look, what what is this? It's like, oh my god, like you, bruises are fucking legit. Yeah, and they're everywhere. And so. I had it on a tab, and I was, I was opening. Get out of my bag, you chicken! Hey, hey, guys! You chicken's trying to take my here. fucking headphones. Yeah. Hey, you hey, bitch! Hey, hey, the chicken really is trying to take your headphones. Yeah, those are my headphones, you asshole. Go other way. I'm gonna make chicken breast. The chicken had my iPhone headphones in its mouth. Um. But I was Isla loves trailers. I love trailers too. I do too. And so Isla was going to look at trailers, and then I was sitting there, and I pop, pull it up, and she goes, "Ooh, what's that? Oh, what man. happened?" And I said, "Oh, the girl had a mean boyfriend." You told her. Oh, yeah, yeah. smart. And she goes, "Why would he do that?" And I said, "I was like, uh, I don't know. I go, I don't know. I think that's an interesting question. Why would he do that?" And I was like, "I guess he doesn't like himself, and he makes her not want to like herself, and that's the way that he comes out." Liking himself at the end of the day? I don't know. That's a good way to put it. And Isla was like, I'll never date mean people like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, please. Woman, oh, I don't want to say her name only because I don't, Uh, I don't want, I don't want you to have to deal with whatever. Right. Like I just, it's like, I'm, I don't want to, you can talk to yourself. I'm going to speak for you. Exactly. I feel the same way. I was like, please, woman that's a comedian, if be, if. For nothing else, yeah. If for nothing else, you sharing the story just imprinted on my nine-year-old daughter that I'll never be with mean guys. Yeah, it's deep. Then, then, oh my God, your bravery! And then I wrote because of that, I wrote a tweet. Yeah, and said like I've never, I don't have that. I don't have that bravery. I don't have that bravery at all. And people don't realize that, like, um, you know, it, we the society we live in now the social media aspect it's an interesting thing because on one hand for us as comedians it's a tool for us and mm-hmm. it's a, and it's a it's a part of the job and on the other hand it it's it's terrifying because of the ridicule and the um backlash that exists when you when things like that when stories like that come out people feel liberty to tear apart your story in ways of, you know, that people saying that she's doing this for, you know, trying to, uh, you know, bounce herself up to another step in her career. Yeah. It, it, and that makes it a difficult thing to, you know, the reality of social media that, that makes it hard to swallow when you're like, well, I want to share this and I hope it affects people in a positive way. And then the, the, uh, the other side of it is people sort of coming at you like, oh, you want this to help you become more famous. It's like, what? Yeah. How can you not look at it the other standpoint and, and realize that it's like a moment with you and your daughter the, these are ways to break the chain it's like i it, it's the truth is to break the chain and you got it and, and people go i remember one of the things that like i remember rosie o'donnell say rosie 
Rosie Perez? Arnold? No. Roseanne Arnold. Oh, yeah. Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Yep. You, you, that Arnold? was her, uh, you're thinking of Roseanne, her, her name on the show. Jesus Christ. You know, you were there. Your brain and was there. So Roseanne said she'd been sexually assaulted as a child. And then like a bunch of people came out. And I remember someone saying, oh, they're just doing that to get famous. Or to like get airtime on Oprah. This is when I was in high school. Yeah. And I remember, th- <laughs> I remember thinking at that time, oh, that is not how you get, like that's not the way you want to get on Oprah is like. <laughs> no. Like, oh yeah, I was, I was diddled. But let's talk about that later. Real quick, I want to talk about yeah. this. I want to promote like, my yeah, book. Yeah. I was like, that's not how that works. What that is, is that's breaking the chain of silence of like this, yeah. you know. And, and, know. and you realize, you know, uh, it's. The sort of things happen all the time, all the time. Terrible things happen all the time. And yeah. and I feel like talking about them, bringing them to light makes people more aware, like your daughter. Yeah. She's going to be more aware of this. Even in that little moment, it'll it'll put a seed in her brain and that'll be the beginning of breaking the chain, creating a woman who's strong and who doesn't want to go for those guys. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it's not it's, that you know somebody goes for those guys. I don't mean to say that you you know that's the only way that it happens. You know, situations happen, but I, I'm just saying like having it be in the conversation is a powerful way to stop it from being yeah. in the conversation. How many how many boyfriends do you think you've had? Like boyfriends where you go three, three, three serious boyfriends that really? I, I lived with all of them. One was. Um, the reason I moved to Boston from Syracuse, who I still talk to, Randall, yeah. really great guy. Uh, that was my first serious boyfriend from 18 to 23. And then I moved to New York and I met some guy from Match.com, a Greek who was terribly just not suited for me in any, every single way. Just you look at the first boyfriend, the second one, you're like, what are you doing? You have no, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I had no idea who I was. And then my third serious boyfriend was Giannis. Yeah. And that, you know, was the even another step of just not knowing who I was and, and us being in, you know, I cared about him. We definitely had a bond and, and I loved him, but we weren't right for each other at that time in our lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I, I didn't have the self-worth and he didn't know how to communicate. So it, those are my three boyfriends that, that I felt love for. What did you learn from each that you said, all right, I'm no longer doing that anymore. Then you took it to the next one. You're like, okay, I still do something else. I'm no longer doing that anymore. Or like, oh, I like that about myself. Like, what did you learn from each of them, would you say? I, you know, I, I, I look back and I feel like Goldie Cox. Like, what? this one's too sweet. This one's too mean. This one's just the right amount of mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, that's how I feel like myself is like Goldie Cox in those relationships. Like, I, I couldn't get it right. And then I get eaten by the wolf. Like, that's how I feel like I, I so after the third relationship, I realized these are all the things I'm doing wrong. And so, like you, I stopped, and I was like, I need to work on myself, because yeah. there's a pattern of behavior, and I'm not getting it right. So I need to put the brakes on, figure out my life, get set with comedy in my career, yeah. fi- you know, just sort of be established as a human being and a woman, and then I can learn how to have a healthy relationship. Because a lot of times, all your wants and needs, they shadow over your personal life. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I mean... The fact um, – I don't know if if I was sharing this conversation yesterday or not, but like when you're young, oh, like when I was making like $1,300 on the road was my first round of offers and I was like just so hungry. 
the knowing that like there was a guy that would make six grand on the road would kill me and it would be like and then knowing that there was a guy that made six grand on the road that was younger than I was because I was like 30 I think I was 33 no I was 30 I was 33 when I started headlining wow and so the fact that I was I think yeah I was definitely uh, Georgia no no I was 30 Georgia's 11 I started headlining when Georgia was born Okay, so that w- I was still featuring when Georgia was born. So I was like 33, 32 yeah, yeah. when I started headlining and and I felt like I was a young headliner, but then you'd find someone that was like making more money than you oh that was God. younger than you yeah. and it would just fuck with your ego and then all of a sudden like all your wants and needs in this business they're so tied so closely. They're like, tied and they're in there it's 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 not like if you're some specific doctor you go home and you can just shut it off. Yeah. Our career permeates through every aspect of our life. It, it almost, not does it permeate, it thrives off of it existing everywhere. Yeah. You're, you're, and that's the battle because you, you flourish, you flourish on stage the more you divulge your life. So you almost have to sacrifice your privacy and your, um, existence in general to get to that next level creatively on stage. Yeah. So it's a very, it's a, it's a difficult thing and also difficult to find a partner Who's willing to respect that and understand that that's sort of a part of the process? Oh, my wife to this day is cool with everything being shared except for stuff about Isla. Because <clears throat> I, you know, I talk about Isla a lot on stage these days. That's a beautiful name. I didn't pick it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but she was like anything. Like she farted during oral sex one time. And she's cool. She's like, do it. She started crying when it happened. And I said, what are you crying about? She goes, you're going to talk about this on stage. And <laughs> I was like, it. I was like, oh, you're fucking right. And by the way, what's so funny is I hadn't thought, that wasn't my first thought is that I'll talk about this on stage. Right. But she said, as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, this is a bit. <laughs> and it, and it, it's murderous. Oh, that's beautiful. But, but it's, you know, it's one of the things that. It's like I, if it's if it's happened if it's happened to my wife it's definitely happened to other women and yeah. it's and it's usually it's like after you've had some kids and everything's not the same as it was right it's you, it's not in mint condition nope and uh, miles on it yeah it's, uh, what does I say the she's not rocking changed not rocking the original rims and tires no 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 she's riding dirty the factory, factory yeah. installed tires <laughs> we've had some refurbished situations and so she uh, but like. That, she's been really cool with me sharing just about everything on stage. That's cool. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, there are, you know, uh, there's something valuable, I think, as an audience member, as a woman. A guy like you who's not this um, such an aggressive presence on stage. Like, yeah. I feel like you can have a nice balance in speaking to both men and women. But as a woman watching you, hearing your experiences that you sh- you have with your wife, I feel is uh, an interesting thing to absorb because of the way you deliver it i well i i think it comes from a different um uh, angle i don't hate women yeah exactly i really don't hate women i and by the way and i I think it's because i have two daughters right but i literally now appreciate i appreciate women more than ever i think and you understand and you see it from a different angle you, you, because you are responsible for lives, and you and yeah. you and you have a woman you love, and two girls who you're shaping to become women that are respectable. So that's a that's a huge responsibility. And also, is uh, as a woman sitting in the audience, it's valuable to hear what you have to say because of the way you value them. 
What's well, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because I still am a meathead at, at heart. Yeah, like but I'm that's still fine. like a window licking meathead. Like that's fine. But uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's been I I love like I, one of my favorite things in a really long time is that I you came here. I woke up. I walked in and you were having coffee in the kitchen with my wife, and I was like, I was like, oh, how fucking cool is this world? That. <laughs> That, like, I felt so bad you were asleep. I'm like, oh man, he probably was out working late last night. No, I drank and watched Making a Murderer oh, all night. Oh, did you finish it? Uh, I'm obsessed with Netflix. I am too. I what just, episode are you on? I'm on four. I uh, can't see. We can't even talk. Well, I but I had to Google it. You can go, but you still there. Did you read? Every, you can't read no. it. Okay, I can't. We can't have a conversation because it's four. After that, there's so many things that transpire where you're like, what? The ever lucky love. Are you serious? Oh my god! Uh, it makes my you wife lose started. Faith. My wife started falling asleep in the middle of it. I just hate. I hate the piety of the freaking prosecutors. <laughs> oh, the second attitude. round of prosecutors, yep. they're like, oh, no, we've pretty much like we've got it nailed." Yeah, down. I think we're okay. It's like the, you obvious. shouldn't be giggling about this guy. There's only one victim in this case. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Because I didn't understand what he meant by that. Yep. I, I think you know what... I, you know what? I'll take it from here. Like, oh, that fucking high-pitched... entitled bastard. Dude, listening to them, listening to them cross-examine the cousin or the nephew. You're like, how, how is... I wanted to... If I was a juror, I would have been like, we have to stop. Yeah. We I'm, have to stop. I want to find them on... Like, I'm not a big fan of public shaming, but oh, like, I tweeted some shit about Ken Ken Katz, the the guy who it was the main prosecutor. I said he's a, he's an enormous d bag with a shitty mustache. Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, my, wait. Is that the guy? That's the guy who looks like he uh, has. If you were to look in his internet history, it would be just the most obvious stuff that yes. you'd expect. Um. I. You can find these guys on Facebook. I'm yeah, sure they're all on Facebook. Them, yeah. And but it's I'm not a big fan of public shaming because I feel like it's not I feel like I don't have I used to, I used to say I don't have the responsibility to do that but it, but it's true uh, you shouldn't I do not throw fucking glass rocks <laughs> yeah. or whatever this fucking <laughs> no thing I don't is. mean yeah yeah like I'm always don't throw chickens in the man cave right it's like and I feel like that is like that guy when he got out of prison and I know that he was upset but he should have just been like look I fucked up a bunch. I need to just take the four hundred and fifty grand and just start over. He should have left. He shouldn't have he sued sh- them for thirty one. He shouldn't no, have tried to get just revenge. Taken it and, and he should have stopped there definitely. Because- and been like, I'm out. I'm good. I, and by the way, I don't. I I can't say that he didn't kill the woman because I don't know. It looks he looks guilty right now. Wait, you wait. Really? Oh my god! You're just at the end. And somebody, you know, tweeted me. They were like, "You, there's other details I left out of the case. It's not in the documentary." And in my mind, I'm like, "You'll see because it happens." They show the court, the trial proceedings. Really? You're you're watching. How many what's is it? Is it ten happening. part miniseries? Ten part. Oh fuck! I got like seven more. I, think. I lost. I mean, six more. I was bin- I binged on it. I, I I forfeited working on material for a deadline for something to watch. The- <laughs> I'm I, I'm so interested. My wife started watching with me, and then she went to bed, and I just and I w- had drank a bottle of wine before. Yeah, like, and I was like, I'm gonna go to bed with you, and then I started watching it, and then I was like, Oh, I'm opening up another bottle of wine. Yeah, it's just it 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 fascinates you because you're like, this is how 
this is how the law works in parts of the of our country. Do I? Yeah, I'll tell you what. That, what. By the way, I'm speaking more about stuff that I've never spoken out loud about. I started saying, I don't have a, I don't talk about social things. Here we are. I've talked about rape. I've talked about. <laughs> I'm, threesomes, I'm digging it out of you. But like, but like, <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about like the Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. Like started by a white guy, by the way. That hashtag. Are you serious? Started by a white guy who was living as like a black man. Are you fucking yep. serious? The, the, the source of hashtag black, black Lives Matter was started by a white guy. Paul Wall? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a black guy? I'm sorry, Paul. It, you did. it was started by Vanilla Ice. By the way, Paul Wall, if you listen to this, I'm a big fan of your fucking music. I'm just saying. First name that came to my mind. The uh, But what? Hold on. Tell me more about the Black Lives Matter. Because I, All I had was an experience in jury duty. Where I saw, I wrote about it in my books. I was doing stand up that night, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, it the the root of the problem is hopelessness. Yeah, it's not, it's hopelessness. The the young black men. I'll just say young black men because that's who it seems is being targeted. Is being targeted. Yep. But they're they're being targeted because the I don't think police are bad. It's just like. I think police, that's just the neighborhoods they're working in. That is who they feel that's is committing. That's their customer. The, that's their customer. It's the connection. The The real problem is like I watched just sitting waiting to be called into jury duty. We're waiting. Uh, some one guy was late. And so we were they were sequestering a jury, I guess, is what it's called. Yep. And one guy was late. So we all had to just sit there. And I watched three courtrooms come out. And th- out of three, and now this isn't a lot, but out of three – Every single one was a young black man coming out of there and either going to jail or to accepting a plea bargain or, I mean, just nothing good. Nothing good. And like, do you know the Ethan Couch case? The effluenza uh, teen? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you look at that and you realize that justice comes second to entitlement in, in um, position in society. I, my dad's a lawyer. My All my uncles are lawyers. I've come from a very law-friendly uh, family, yeah. and I talked to my dad about it, and he was like, nobody. The problem is these young black kids are getting public public defender, defenders. They're not, they can't afford what they, they need to really get what they deserve. And public defenders are quite honestly like, I've got a fucking list of cases. Yeah. I just want to get you in and out of here. I'll try to get you off the most I can, but I can't help you. I'm not going to help They're going by case. a book. They're, they're not, they're not going to be creative in their attempt to uh, defend. Ha, a, a, unlike uh, myself, if I got arrested, I'd have a really great lawyer. I'd have, I might, I might, because my dad's a lawyer, I might have one of the best lawyers in the country. Yep. If I got arrested for uh, a DUI, or that's the only thing I could ever think that I ever get Which arrested for. Which you'd be for. guilty of. By the way, of. by the way, I would never... 100% I would, guilty. I would no, never... <laughs> I never drink and drive. I've oh, it's ne- terrible. I never drink and Good. drive. Don't text and drive either. That's the only thing I could ever think I'd ever get arrested for. Say I got arrested for murder. Let's just say murder. Right. Let's just say I murdered somebody. I feel like it'd be manslaughter, though. Yeah, I don't know how the law works. I'm, I'm, let's say I killed somebody. Right. Yeah, manslaughter. I'd have a great fucking lawyer. I'm sure you would. And and I guarantee I would not. You would ha- you would suffer the least uh, uh, sentencing possible. As opposed to a young black kid who just stabbed somebody at a club, and all of a sudden he's looking at 15 years. Yep. For but I'm not I'm not. This is why I don't because ha- I'm on both sides of the fence. Yeah, like, I, 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 it's I, good to be though. You have to be. You have to look at it in a constructive, you know, in, in yeah. way. But the reality is, when you when you look at it in a broad 
way, when you look at the system in a broad way, it is it's almost laid out for Americans who live an affluent life to experience a more pleasurable <laughs> yeah. uh, sentencing scenario as opposed to somebody who has is just recycled through the system. And in the government, I feel it doesn't really provide programs to help the issue. You know, yeah. with the Ethan Couch, a part of his sentencing was to be put in the state uh, inpatient facility where he got rehab treatment. Yeah. You put that up against a black kid, he's going to be put in a juvenile system uh, and just recycled through, and then he's going to be more prone to committing a real crime over and over. Not, and not just a black kid. Like, not we're just not a talking black about kid. like, no, like, not, not so. uh, like Dr. J's son. No. But, or like, or, or an unpr- unprivileged an kid. An unprivileged kid. Uh, it's because not just so black and white. It happens white and black it unprivileged. Does. It does. Exactly. Like, I look That's at good my, to clarify. I look at my wife's family. Uh, who'd hate that I'm saying this, but they, none of them will ever be able to figure out how to use a podcast. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about Amen. it. Amen. Keep talking. But they literally, I mean, literally, I tried to explain podcasting to my wife's side of the family, and they did not understand that you could get it on a phone. They were like, huh? <laughs> and then you look, half of them have flip phones. Oh, wow. And you're like... My da- I just got rid of my dad's flip phone. I just got him an iPhone. He's like, what is this? My wife's dad has like the first generation iPhone right now. Oh, wow. Thick. It's like a it's like a, a Rubik's brick. Cube. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and I was trying to get... Because he like car, likes cars. Yeah. I was trying to get him podcasts on cars so we could listen on the plane because he also has anxiety when he flies and that's a great way to to deal with it too love that he would love listening to adam carolla who's right in his political spray like he loves he'd love everything came out of adam carolla's mouth political spray yeah great show title i think (laughs) that'll be on my next album white noise (laughs) but uh and so i couldn't his phone won't download podcasts his samsung tablet doesn't have a podcast. So you don't feel that. bad saying what you're going to so say. So I can say whatever I want. Uh, but I've seen them go through the prison system. Boy, they It's like, it, it's, it's this like distrust of the system and well, I'm, I'm, no one's going to fucking help me. And, and like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hopelessness. Her cousin got, I don't even know if he was guilty or not. All I know is that you'll never fucking know because... He, he can't afford. Have, no, he can't afford. He couldn't afford anyone to represent him, so he just went to prison. And that's like how is that's where you realize how flawed the system is. And that, a lot that of them, not... for a lot of them, they're like, they're like, all right, what? Okay, what? How? What? What makes a better financial decision? Me dropping one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a lawyer, or just spending seven years, seven months in prison? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? But I, then you was... look at what it costs that the state to keep inmates in jail. That's an ex- that's a chunk of change, and those are pro- there aren't most prisons privately owned. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'd love to get into that business. Oh. I'd love to own a prison. Gee, I mean, they make buku, and I'd be such a good warden. Like I would. Love you'd be the most being, loved. I would fucking be like, guys, we're. You'd fixing have like this. you'd have prayer circles. Oh, you'd I'd have just, pottery I'd like, classes. I'd look at it as I, what I do is <laughs> I'd look at it as a fucking high school guidance counselor. Yeah. And going, guys. Fuck what you did. That's in the past. You're serving for that now. Let's see how the future. And I'd be like, I want to hear like this is the worst. I'm the worst. I'd be like, I want to hear everyone sing. I want to hear everyone try to tell well, a joke. That's I want to hear we, everyone. That's what we have to do. Like, does anyone want to be a plumber? We'll just start a plumbing class. Yeah, you, like, you have to like. And there's, I think Warren Buffett is a person. Him and his wife have a uh, a program where they put prisoners through college essentially and yeah. they 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 get them to learn a trade and to 
do something so that when they're reacclimated into society, now these are prisoners who are up for parole and yeah. wrongfully accused and all sorts of different scenarios that will make it so that they can be a a, a functioning member of society. Warren Buffett is offering up his own money to help these people. Because that's the thing. Is that I'm pretty I, sure it's I him. Just, I could be wrong on the the celebrity, but I, I probably, thought it was Warren Buffett. It, it sounds like something he'd do. He's rich. This lives in still lives in Omaha. Yeah. Um. You, I just spent that day in that jury, uh, in that hallway, watching people come out and just realizing if that kid goes to jail, I guess he just gives up on himself. Of course he does. Like, I guess you kind of have to. And then I was like, but that doesn't need to be it. And I wanted to like, I wanted to just, just be like, why can't I just grab one of the dudes who's like 18 years old and go, hey man, like. And I'm, I'm sure this is the dumbest, most naive thing to say, but like, it doesn't have to be this way. Let's let's fucking let's figure out what you want in life. Like, well, the government together. should do that. There should be something that that provides that instead of just perpetuating this the circumstances of which you know whatever put them there in the first place because they right. get recycled and then they're gonna they're more prone to go out and committing more crimes. Yeah, and because it's like, like you yeah. said, it's a hopelessness, and there there should be some sort of program that, and I'm sure there are. I'm not saying that, that there aren't. You know, I, I should be more educated on this, but I'm just speaking off the top of my it's mind. The reason I don't talk about this shit is like I'm sure there's someone going, um, correction, hello, you do. hello, this is what I do for a living. Yeah, like and I and I, so I that's like like but you know I look at that's why I look up to guys like not look up to but like I admire guys like Rogan and Bill who take this thing. And they and just divulge it, it, and they have their fucking point of view. Yeah. And they own you and I are like, you know, there should be people helping these guys. <laughs> Such a flip like, flopper. Pro- you're probably next to a place that helps prisoners. I think comedically, I'm more in tune to emotion. Yeah, like, like I'm more attuned to like, as opposed to point of view. Like I want to hear about the first. Like I want to as as a fan and as a writer. Like I'm more attuned to like your decisions with men. And like, right. and like the choking and the rape, the and relationships, the, and like orgasms, and and it like that kind of stuff draws me in more. I get more fascinated by it. Yeah, I am the same way. It's like it's like the human condition in relation to um, people coexisting. Like the thing that I was, the thing that I was blown away by, and like I don't know if it, and maybe this is a social issue as well, but like. The there's a whole thing in comedy that women aren't funny, right? Right? Women right. dot 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 dot, which I don't subscribe to. Right? Me neither. Uh, well, I hope not. <laughs> I am a firm believer. <laughs> but what's interesting is that I'm in a room. Me, you, me, you, Kate Quigley, Eliza Rogan. Schlesinger, Rogan, Bobby Lee, uh, um. Brody, Chris Delia, and Brody Stevens, Brian Steven Redband. Brian Redband. We're all in a room. Yeah. And I thought to myself, are all these women going up tonight on this show? Because it stinks that as an audience audience member, oh, you all have blonde hair. You're all beautiful. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, wait, didn't we just hear this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then here we are, me, Rogan, Delia, Brody. We're all the exact same thing too. <laughs> yeah. We're all the exact same thing, and like, and like, but the audience is like, "Oh, phew, another white guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. What's this point of view going to yeah. be? Oh, yeah. oh, his beard's a little different. Oh, here comes my fucking lunatic. His beard's a little different. Yeah. What mugs? Take a mug. Oh, you have the reindeer mug. I've got all the reindeer mugs. 
She's got a Zany's Comedy Club t-shirt on right now. I can't handle it. What's the it. front say? Keep calm and party with the machine. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. They all sleep in my... Bye, baby. Bye-bye. Oh, uh, my God. She's so cute. They all sleep in my shirts. That is Georgia, so cute. Georgia has one I got from a dispensary show I did. So it's like legalized cannabis, but Georgia doesn't know what cannabis is. <laughs> she probably thinks they it's like a They have a Conor Sesame McGregor Street shirt. Character. Any shirt that I get, they fucking steal. And it's if it's a good shirt, like I have a really, really good uh, a good Conor McGregor shirt, Georgia just stole it. That's adorable. Like she I just rolled it. it in your t-shirt. That's it. so cute. That they still sleep in my shirts. That's adorable. Like Isla now uh, wants my sweatshirts. I, I get really good sweatshirts. Yeah. Because when you go on the road, you always end up, I mean, I want the, let me rephrase that. Working for Travel Channel, you always end up at the end of every day soaking wet. Yeah. Like every day you're like sweat or like dirt or something. Mat, like it's you've been in a mud pit, you were running a thing. That's awesome. And so always wherever you go, they always offer you a sweatshirt. Hey, grab a sweatshirt. And ever everyone always offers you swag. Yeah. I never take it. I never took it cuz I just go I'm going to throw this away. My crew would always get t-shirts. And I'd and I'd see them when those t-shirts. It was fun that you'd see we'd be in Tanzania and you'd see a um Speed Colt Motor Club yeah. Detroit City shirt on, on one of your camera, yeah. and you're like, "Fuck, we like, traveled this, the world yeah. together for six years." And then that's awesome. And then this last year, this last run of doing Birth the Conqueror, I started getting hoodie sweatshirts. I got this. That's a dope in, one. And Pleasure, Pleasure Pier, Pier Texas. Texas. Um, the w- best one I have. That's a dope one. Is I love hoodies. A, my wife is my wife right now. Would be like, "Oh, go through Bert's hoodies. Pick which one you want." <laughs> Isla started wearing my hoodies. And she would like, I need a sweatshirt. Dad, you got a sweatshirt? So I go, yeah. And so she can like bundle up in them in class. Oh, yeah. It's the best. You just Those snuggle. Yeah. It. You tuck your knees in. Yeah. Like, it smells like you, Dad. Oh. And it's like the best. So you go on the road and you're like, oh. My ovary just fell out. <laughs> Do you think you'll have kids? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm 33. It could change, but I, I don't have that. I just don't have that like thing in my gut yeah. that, that, that nature urge the desire to procreate i don't have it yet it's important to recognize that if you want it or if you don't yeah because um i i it would be detrimental to my career if it happened within the first within the next three years it would it would ruin me uh it would may not maybe not it's you, you you'd be shocked uh you'd be shocked i think that at how at how resilient you'd be and how you'd you'd Adjust. You just adjust and figure yeah, something you're else right. out. I you're mean, because right. you, I don't think you just give up and go. Well, I mean, my Leanne was a much better screenwriter than I was comic when we met. Yeah, and when she got pregnant, she was like, she said to herself, "I'm fucking done. I'm raising these kids." Wow. And she regrets uh, bailing on her career like that. I think at times. Yeah. She regrets some of the path she's been in, but ultimately. She's very grateful. I, she got offered an opportunity to do a TV show very recently. There's, we both did. And it was a fucking, like, the most amazing. Oh, Together? I'm, yeah. I'm, did you do it? Uh, she didn't want to do it. Wow. And it was traveling the world together as a couple. And she didn't want to do it. Because of the kids. Like, she's like, I, I made a commitment to my kids. And I was wow. like. So I've been trying to fucking refigure out how I can make this happen. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, it's just. It sounds fascinating. And I, told I don't her, even I said, know what it is, I but it sounds fascinating. I said to her, I go, it is the greatest opportunity you'll ever have in your life. And it's and it's temporary. Yeah. It's, it'd be a temporary thing. But the problem is it would probably be six months of production and it would be really tough on the girls. It'd be it gone would be two hard. weeks. 
back for a week, gone two weeks, back You'd have to have a tutor with you guys. You'd You'd have have to have a... We'd have to take the girls with us or something. We'd ha- yep. I don't know. It would be really tough with the girls. And Leanne's just like, I can't do that to my kids. And it's, she's just like, that's who she is. That's impressive. I mean, it's commitment. It could also, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it could be tough on the girls, but it also could broaden their, um, you know, their mental process. Well, I think they could use a little toughening up. Um, yeah. I mean, and travel kids. does that. I mean, travel is one of the things that I, I feel people need to incorporate into their life. It just broadens you as a human being. If you could do a show on Travel Channel, what would your show be? Do you know? I mean, I always loved Dirty Jobs. That was one yeah. of my favorite shows. I would do that, but all over the all over the world. This is, by the way, I hate to interrupt you. No, it's this okay. Is, is there a chicken coming? what I love about this woman. I what love is? these outfits that she wears. Your wife? Uh, this fucking outfit is well, Why do you ridiculous. love this? What is it? It just is like, it's an outfit that had I seen it. Leanne! <laughs> Leanne! Um, it, had I seen her in this outfit when we started dating, I would be like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> but now when I see these outfits, it's almost like uh, like what the Wicked Witch of the East would wear <laughs> to watch a movie. And it's just, Do you know what I call that outfit? What? A house outfit. Uh, That's a house outfit. Those are her house shoes? That's a house outfit. Yeah. That's a, I don't give a fuck. I'm home. I'm, she's chilling with the chickens in the backyard. It, yeah, she's I, supposed to be in the evening gown? I love these fucking outfits. It's amazing. She's like talking to chickens right now. Your wife is amazing. She's an interesting fucking woman. I she seems very just uh, her her chi. She's very strong chi. Her energy is very centered. She's got a, she she doesn't she doesn't fuck around. She don't care. She doesn't like people. Look she at her. Like them. Look at her. She's out there corralling chickens. I can't handle it. She was she making a picnic for him? What was the I thing she's no laying down on the ground? <laughs> You're like, if I saw her in this outfit when we first started dating, I would tell her to get the fuck out of here. Look at your face. I'm like, I'm looking at her right now, and it's like... But you love her so much. Oh, if she wasn't on her period, we'd totally be... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I love... Right now, she's trying to get the chickens in, and one of the chickens is being a pain in the fucking ass. Look at her. Look Look at her. Look at her. And right now she's getting pissed at me. She's like, "Oh, is he making fun of me?" Yeah, she's like, "I can't deal with it." And now the girls are coming out. Mommy, she's adorable. What you get you, a good, uh, get a do you good think little you'll group. Get married? I don't know, man. I just, yeah. I, I haven't accepted that as a part of my life, my life's trajectory yet. What do you want out of your life? Do you want like my, my wife's a big proponent of putting your what you? I love this outfit. We just were just the clogs. How cute Do you, you look. see her? I love that she's got golden clogs on right now. I love her. No, I love it. Oh, is that what's going on in there? She's putting Christmas away. That's always heartbreaking. Yeah. It feels like such a process. Yeah. My mom always yells about that. Like, I have to put Christmas away. All uh, right. Okay. Leanne does it usually before the New Year's because it's bad luck to start it without the New Year's. But yeah. this new this year got away from us. It did. And Georgia is not super happy about helping. Your house looks so She's nice, still though. still going through her funk? Yeah. Is, she have, is it a hormonal? Hormones. And the, and the initial hormones are monstrous. She yelled at me last night. And you're I'm just having like, a bad day. And I went, whoa. Don't you get terrified? You just see the transformation. You're like, oh, my God, my little girl. Uh, I haven't had a woman yell at me since my since Kristen Medock. So like like that really yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Leanne never Leanne never yells. That's a strong she never, woman. I don't think she's ever yelled at me in our in our relationship. I don't think there's any reason to yell if you can't communicate. Yeah, we don't, we don't yell. There's at each no. Other. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like th- my last relationship, there's so much yelling. I'm like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't communicate on this decibel that you're on. 
Yeah, because right at that decibel, that decibel is exactly what it is. Because you're saying to someone, "Hey, meet me up here, so we can do it up here." Because if you just fucking just talk rationally to them, it pisses them off. Right, more. because they don't know how to, and it, it, up here is disrespectful. Down here, we can say you know something to each. We're, we're eye to eye. Up here, it's like you're not respecting me up here. I, I can't. I don't have enough helium to chill up in this airspace. We got to come back down and let's talk it out. If we can't talk it out, then there's not there's a compatibility issue. I taught her how to fight. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to share that? Um, I guess I can. Yeah. Yeah. Like verbally fight. Here. Yeah. I want to know how did how did he teach you? Well, I'm an only child. I grew up with divorced parents, uh, and my mother and I lived in uh, a neighborhood that was predominantly gay in the 70s. So there were no children. That is a movie, by the way. <laughs> that's so, all. That's like a that's a pitch, and I'm sold. <laughs> but I didn't really have peers, right? And I couldn't fight with my mom. Not allowed. I mean, right. Deep South, you do not talk back to your parents ever. Right. So I didn't understand how to fight. So when I, to argue, right. Right. I guess a better word is to argue. And you coming from a, you know, a, a lawyer background oh, yeah. that's rooted in argument. And, and exactly in debate and argument. And I had no clue. And so when I was in college, I kind of went off the rails and would get in physical fights a lot because wow. I didn't know how to express aggressive or even maybe negative feelings in a healthy way because I had no outlet and no teaching of that as a child. Interesting. So then I just was constantly in trouble. I was constantly fighting. I would I would hit boyfriends because I, I didn't understand that. Any alternative? I, I had no other method. So... Um, so I had like a little like turn, a shift in life, and I started in therapy, and I started figuring out that I didn't know how to communicate. So I got all that kind of figured out, how to communicate like me and you, and, right. you know, regular people. But then in a relationship, all I had ever known was like me being physical. No one was ever physical with me, right? but I was physical with them because I didn't understand how to deal with my temper. So I stopped doing that, and then I just started not communicating. Wow. Because I didn't know Total shift. the middle. Yeah, you didn't right? know the balance of it. I didn't understand that I could say, this made me upset and this is why. And people don't leave. I mean, my mom yeah. has six divorces. My dad has two. So uh, my opinion is, you get mad, then everything falls completely apart. Right, if you show totally. how you really feel, then it's then just going to deteriorate. Completely. Like, there's no middle. There's no, and then tomorrow we kiss and make up. Right. There was you didn't understand that. that it was just a way to get past something. You thought it was the end-all, be-all. Yes. So if we fought, it was over. Wow. So he taught me that that's not true, that you can have a debate, that you can have an argument. And disagreement. And disagreement. You have a difference. I had, a, I had no problem having a difference of opinion or a different point of view from someone. Do you remember your first fight with him? Mm-mm. I don't, we're, we have not really ever fought very much. I wouldn't say. Would yeah, because you? you don't seem, no. I mean, you seem like, you know, you talk about before, but you seem like centered now. Do you still have that fire in you? Are you like a combative, terrible? Not not sure he's centered exactly. <laughs> You're not centered. <laughs> he's, she's so centered. She's like, this one right here, she's like Yoda centered. Are you kidding? I'm walking around in striped socks Girl, and clogs and I don't even oh, know you. The golden clogs. I love it. I walk in, I'm like, I'm staying here. Uh, yeah. I told her I'm going to move in with the kids and the chickens and the dog. It's just, it, 
I can say this. We married each other for reasons. We are complete opposites. Yep. And that works. And that, for whatever reason, works. We jokingly say in every relationship, in every relationship we know, there's a Bert and a Leanne. Every successful one. I'm the Bert. That we know. And I met a Leanne. Then, then that's a good indication that that will work, in my yep. opinion, because every single couple we are friends with, we can break them down to who's Bert and who's Leanne. Yeah. And there has to be a Leanne. There has to be. There has to be a center. There has to be there a level-headed. It just, it just has to exist. And there's rare cases where two kinetic energies can coexist, but those are rare occurrences. It's rare. You know why? My dad told me this when I was young. Uh, he was like, "You have to find someone who's really." off the beaten path or you will get really bored. Yes. And that is right. So I need to not be bored. So if I had someone like me, I would be bored to death. Yep. I would be I would be the Bert. Then you I need would that become the Bert. He's your firecracker. He's yes, he keeps me You're centered. The water. Yes, exactly. I yeah. I'm an earth person, but what yeah, water water's your thing? Well I'm a Leo with an Aries okay. moon, Aries rising, so I'm all fire. But yeah, I I like recharge with water i do too yeah. i do too water's the thing and water is like that's a source of life right there totally yeah you got a badass chick right here <laughs> in golden clogs <laughs> i love her golden yeah. clogs oh stop you work uh, five it. five's a little bit okay. you're adorable out there with the chicken no five's a little light i'd say 10 but don't <laughs> 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 she yeah she if she if she married someone like herself, they'd be bored out of their fucking mind. Well, it's the same thing with like us. Like, if we get with somebody who's like us, it's it's toxic. Oh, oh I've been with people like me, and, and it's you're like, just like, no. Hey, listen, you drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like, yeah, I do. And like, yeah, you need <laughs> to dial that back. That, when you say to somebody your drinking is an issue, you're just like, oh man. And they look at themselves. They're like, hold on, did Bert just say that I drink too much? I'm like, yeah, I think you're. God, we've done two hours. Really. Yeah, we should probably. Wow. You, I would. I could do this with you any fucking time. I know. I, 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 it was a very two hours. Very easy conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. I, and so now, how how long have you been in LA? I've been in LA uh, a little over a year and a half now. Okay. Yeah, but I, you know, last year I was on the road for like forty something weekends. Where are you living in LA? I'm in Marina Del Rey. <gasps> oh, I, I love the West love Side it. because I'm on I the road it. so much. I want to come home and be near the ocean. And and by near the airport. Oh, ten minutes. It's so great. It's so convenient. I love Marina Del Rey. It's so great. And so like that's just, you know, I just wanted to live there so I could have like a little bit of an oasis when I'm off the road. Oh, that's for two days. So now where's your where's the boyfriend live? Um, he lives in San Diego and he travels a lot as well because he has a, a business. So, okay. yeah. Nice. So it's pretty conducive to my lifestyle right now. What's your road look like this year? Um, it's a little lighter cause we're getting into the TV stuff oh, more, yeah. but you know, I'm like next week I'm out to Tempe and then Dallas and then San Francisco, then I Boston. bet you murder in Tempe. Tempe's Tempe is a special place. Yeah. Because they've got that temp- tent city. You know tent city? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that place where it's in the desert and the, the mayor puts people who've been arrested in yeah. tents in 100 degree weather and pink, uh, what do they call these? The jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. Yeah. Pink jumpsuits. It's yeah. called tent city. It's crazy. Yeah, Tempe's a, I love Arizona. I do too. It's the first place I started going out to regularly. It's a weird place, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an interesting place. It's, uh, it, I don't know. It's like the it reminds me weird. a little bit of Florida. Yes, it's got a little bit of a Flor- South Florida vibe. Tampa, a little Tampa. <laughs> Tampa is another place. You're just like you guys could just 
float off into the ocean. You're your own country. Oh, Tampa. I grew up in Tampa. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you oh. know what I'm talking about. It's like so bizarre. Tampa's a weird place. I it's go, its own specific culture. Have you been? Have you done tan, stand-up in Tampa? Yes. Do you do Cowhide Show? Uh, no, I did. Um, what's what's the, the, the chain that's there? No, no, no. Uh, improv? Is it the imp- Yeah. Side splitters? So, maybe. No, side splitters. Wait, no. Improv. Improv, improv. yeah. Yeah. Uh, next time you go in, you got to do Cowhead Show. Yeah? Yeah, you'd love it. Is him. it amazing? He's one, of my, he's one of my best friends. I got to check it out. I'm in Tampa this year, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, talk, I'll text Cowhead. Yeah, we'll love sounds, you. Why? What's, what's so crazy he's about just it? A fun, it's a fun show. It's, okay. it's a, there aren't many of them left in this country. Like shows like that? Fun radio shows. Yeah. Where everyone, where where you go in and it's a fucking hang and... And, I love that, and it's and it's there's no music, and it's just you. Yeah, I'll tell you, I can name them all. I can name the shows like that in this country. The that, radio shows. I can name the best radio shows in this country right now. And there's, there's an art to making it good. You go in, and when I don't know about you, but I don't like when they're like, "Give us three topics to talk about." Well, that does. I, I don't. I don't know I don't, if, if that. I've literally haven't done one of those in so long. Ugh. But I, there was a period where that's where those radio shows were still around. I think they're all gone. The only one that's still like that that's still around is Bob and Tom. But Bob and Tom does it very well. They do, but and, it's also a thing. But it's it's well, it's, it's also you know it, it's a it's a it's a way that they made radio. And they did it really well. Yeah, it's very and, organized. And it was a way to weed out guys who didn't know didn't know how to do radio. Yep. And it's like I remember the first time I went to Bob and Tom, I gave him a fucking I gave him a list that looked like that set list. You did? Yeah. And I was like, Let's I was, go. <laughs> I was like, Let's do it. Because uh, I was I'd never done radio like that, but yep. I was like, Fuck it. I knew Tosh had done it. Yep. I knew uh, Greg Warren. All these guys that I respected yeah. were like they go in and write their set list down. Yeah. And I was like, And I have a set list. Why wouldn't I just give it to them? So I gave him my set list. Yeah, I had to do. I gave him a couple things too because they, they, you have to. Yeah, and they, I did it, and then the next time I did it, I did the same thing, and then the next time I did it, I did, I gave them the list, but we didn't. They knew me, so we could go off on whatever, right. and they trusted me. And then the next time I did it, I don't even think I gave them a list. I said uh, I got one story that I'd like to tell. If you want me to tell a story, I can tell a story. Right. And they were like, great. And I'm sure I probably gave them still topics that, right. in case they wanted to go to. But you know, I've done it enough that when I go in, it's a little more of a little more of a hang. But that's you know, but they, that if they just do that because they do have comics coming in, and they had a TV show, you and it was make just it such good. a yeah. for them. That's what made it comfortable. And cowhead Cow- is cowhead's like the opposite of that. Is it a little more like free balling? Cowhead is. The- it's, it's just the nuts. Polar fucking opposite. I gotta check it out. Yeah, you gotta let me know when I go to Tampa. I want to do it for sure. Fucking shit! I'm a bad friend, um, but uh, I just got text. The oh, no, but um, but I uh, uh, cowheads like uh, very different shows. Like uh, all my, I'm 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 not gonna say any more shows, and then everyone will be like, "Well, how come you didn't say me?" Yeah, why didn't you mention my show? But like, I will say that like there are some amazing radio shows out there yeah. that you go in and you have a fucking blast on. You're like, oh, this was so fun. It's like, you're like, oh, this is like a podcast, but really good. Yeah, yeah, there are. There's, there's nothing compared to what we're doing now, this podcasting, like going over Rogan, doing three hours and not doing one bit, but coming out feeling like you have five bits. I feel like that on. right now. Yeah. I'm like, the Goldie Cox thing I liked, the yeah. thing about being choked. What was the other thing I have to turn into a bit? Uh, uh, I don't know. I have to listen to it because we talked about it. There's I a, listen to my own podcasts. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think I, I could I have like you, I got bits now. Yeah, I've, if you ever, I'm always up to doing. I want to do bigger group podcasts where it's like four of us hanging. <clears throat> so if you're ever into it, let's do one of it's those. It's always nice to have a female perspective in, like, as opposed to a pirate ship of dude dicks. I would love. Well, pirate ship of dude dicks sounds like Christmas morning to me right now. <laughs> I actually asked for that and I didn't get it, so I'm a little upset. <laughs> I asked for a pirate ship of dude dicks. You know, pirates were all gay back then. Oh, swashbucklers, That's, get in there. Oh, I mean, look at the outfits. How do they Hello, how did we tights. Not, fabulous I, hat with a feather. I was saying, I was saying Hi. Bill, Bill Burr and I were talking, and he said, You know, I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> Rob Halford was gay. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know George Michael was gay when we Come were kids. On. But we were like, it was just, it, we were laughing so hard about it. <laughs> he's like, On the cover, he's like, This. You were like, ah, but it's Rob Alfred, man. He's yeah, yeah. just a thing. He's not gay. That's for women. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. Um, what do you have to promote? You have a podcast? Yeah. Oh, you're going to post this on your podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm going to post this on my... We'll, we'll do a pod share. That'd be what great. Is it? What is it? Never, you'll be my first one. Sharp Tongue. Sharp Tongue? Yep. Sharp and Tongue Podcast. Sharp Tongue Podcast. And so I'll give you... Uh, post this on that. That'd be I'll, great. Let me see how well... Oh, I guess I have to... Um, you don't have your computer with you. No. Yeah. I'll just... I'll, I'll we transfer it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dropbox, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I we transfers the thing I okay. use. Only because I had one production company that used it, so I learned how to use it. It's good. It's really easy. Um, and so that's how I do all my. I, okay. so I do all my, all my VO. I we transfer it. I do all my VO in my man cave now for my TV. I shows. mean, I would. I just would stay here. This place is just dope. The only problem. The only problem. Two problems. Number one, we don't want to leave the house now. I'll show you what we're thinking about doing for renovating. We don't want to leave the house now because this man cave is so great. It is so great. I mean, the every yard time is great. The yard's great. We got the chickens. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's energy. It's good energy. It's real positive. I mean, I've done better every year since I've lived in this house. Yep. Every year, and it's because it's a safe place. Yeah, it's a good energy here. Um, that's the problem is we don't want to leave. The other problem is I work out of my man cave. So because I work out of my man cave, I then have a hard time it. separating work and family. You ever so thought about putting on a different outfit when you leave your house to come out here? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> if you just changed into something different? I put on workout. I end up spending my whole day in workout clothes because like, I will just get on the treadmill and start walking yeah. and watch TV and then get down and edit and then come over, do voiceover, get back on the treadmill, walk. Yeah. But I do like the fact that like that like you came in... I like the fact that there is no differentiation between you coming into my house at 10 in the morning and my family's having a Saturday morning and then coming out and coffee working. Coffee with your wife. And my kid coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, need, she grabs a coffee mug. Your wife is out there trying to corral chicken. You meet my dog. That's amazing. It, it is kind of crazy. This is where it goes back to talking about how, because this is work. Yeah. Even though this is fun and it's amazing, it's still an aspect of a, a job that we do, yeah. podcasting. It permeates through your life. Yeah, your it, life is is providing material for work. Yeah. It's interesting because my daughters will see people that have come through and be like, "Wait, is that the person?" <laughs> like they saw they saw Amy Schumer. Amy used to stay at our house when we when we'd go on vacation, she'd stay and watch our pets. Oh, that's and nice. She'd come over. That's uh, random. And, well, it, I've I've known her for a really long time. I mean, not random, time. but that's that's funny. We we, we did a show on Comedy Central a long time ago. Probably eight years ago and so um georgia the other day goes whoa 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 is that the girl that killed our hamster and i go <laughs> i go yes it is did amy kill your hamster 
said? And she goes, because we said that Georgia looked like Amy. They had a similar outfit. Right. And this is no one, by the way, no one knew who Amy Schumer was at the time. Well, maybe she was on Last Comic Standing. But like, I mean. beginning. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like today. And I said to Georgia, I go, you look like Amy. And I used to pull up this picture of Amy in the outfit. And Georgia had the same outfit, just smaller. And we'd laugh about it. And then George Sarno says, that's that girl that killed our hamster. And then yesterday, I'm, I'll say this, I'm trying to fucking whatever, but they started watching F is for Family. It yeah. is so fucking it, it, funny. It looks hilarious. It is so funny. It but really it's good. Curse words in it. And yep. my wife heard this NPR interview that said it's it's healthy for kids to hear curse words. It's healthy, healthy for them to know that they're not words they can say, yep. that there's a difference that you have to earn being an adult. It's And it's not okay for you them to say curse words, and but it's okay to say curse words in front of kids as long as you don't say your mom's a piece of shit. If you, 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 you will perso- personify it. Yeah, if you just go, oh shit, oh fuck. Right. Like, but if you don't go, your mom's a dumb fuck, or you're a dumb fuck, or that trash man's a dumb fuck. So, F is for family is all about that, like, that's interesting. He goes, like, the very first one the kids see is the phone's ringing. He's like, God damn it, this fucking phone. Then he goes out in his punches bag, and this kid goes, Mr. Murphy, can Steven come out? Can Billy come out and play? And he goes, go fuck yourself. And the girls were howling, laughing. And then Bill came over, and Georgia just was like, you could tell she was like, I'm hearing the voice that's made me laugh all fucking day. Yeah, and she a distinct was, voice. And she, and she was like, and we were in the kitchen, and she was just like, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> And then, and then, she, but they're obsessed with the show. They were, awesome. I'm sure that's what they were watching this morning. That's the way it should be. You know, you got to expose them to stuff that they're going to be exposed to either, anyway. And it's just better to expose them to it under your supervision. Yeah. So you can provide the limitations. In like it. a safe way, a safe place to fall. Totally. That's totally. We're all about a safe place to fall these days. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I think it's like the, with Georgia, some kids in her class are using the N word. And she's that's like, interesting. That's, they're, they're calling each other that. Uh, like just like playful like uh i don't know that's I don't bizarre know. she won't she won't go into detail she, she is how old 11 wow and she's like dad I, like what how do i what am i supposed to how am i she knows to enough that that's not cool she goes, is it okay to call someone the n-word and i said no it's not wow and she was like well because kids in my class are doing it and i was like it is not okay and do not those are bad kids that are raised bad. I mean, that's all you can say yeah, to her. Yeah, that's all you can say. Because like, my kids aren't using it. Yeah. And, you know, and so I don't... Damn, they're just tossing it around like that. That's 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 fucked up. Well, it's, it's a public school. Yeah, but so still, that's like... they may be black. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't... She didn't go into... They may be Mexican. And they're yeah, saying don't it. it I don't know. It could be the teacher. Yeah. It could be the teacher. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so I was like, I, I don't know, baby. I go, you're not to use that word in this house. And you're not to use it out of this God, house. Just... And if you ever hear, if I ever hear you say it, I'm going to have problems. I was like, you can sing it like in songs, but no, I'm not, kidding. Not, you can just, if you're listening to Kanye, yeah. let it out. If it's, if you're in the middle of a young Jeezy song and it comes out Hello. and you're singing along with it, what? Listen, T.I. uses Honey, it yeah. just generously in his music. Oh, God, fuck. what a responsibility to, to like, you just have to, it's like corralling Buffalo, but you're corralling your children from the world. And you're also trying to like give them these little cracks to see like, oh, this is how you live. When you get out there, this is okay. This isn't okay. That's, that's a lot. She said she asked last night a friend of hers called called her a bitch, but was like, "Sit over here, bitch." She's like, "Is that okay to say to people?" I go, "No." You know, yeah. I was like, "You're not." But George is like a real self policing. Like, she's she'll be the first one to be like, "Dad, kids are drinking." Like, she yeah. she's that kind of kid. That's cute. Isla will be like, 
oh no, we did nothing this weekend. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, don't go in my room. Don't oh, don't go out there. You fucking break my privacy. Yeah. God, I could keep doing this podcast. I know, we should, I know. We Just should go. Going, All right. Yeah, we need to stop. What, uh, so your po- your podcast is a Sharp Tongue? Sharp Tongue Podcast. Sharp yeah. Tongue Podcast. Uh, tour dates coming Jessie up. JessieMay.com. Yeah, Tempe um, the f- next weekend. Tempe Improv. And then- Do you like people calling you Jesse May or Jesse? Call me Jesse. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I, I, Jesse May is fine. But- I love Jesse May because George is George May. Really? Yeah, George May Chrysler. Oh, that's adorable. George yeah. May and then Isla's Isla Grace. Whatever you feel. Most of my friends call me Jess or Jesse. Really? Yeah. All right, yeah. um, and we got to do this again. We'll do like totally. a, we'll do a group podcast where like there's if there's ever comics that you don't know that you want to hang out with. Yeah, it's a great way to meet people. Like uh, you know, doing those desk squad. We used to do those desk squad shows right. out at Ice House, mm-hmm. and we'd all do a group podcast. Ice House Chronicles. You do a group podcast. I met everyone through that. Yeah, and it's a great way because you talk about all this stuff, and you and you're all laughing, and everyone's having a good time, yeah. and you're like, oh, next time I see you at club, I'm comfortable being around yep, you. Yep, it's the best thing. It I is, love podcasting, I and th- I'm gonna turn you on to vlogging, vlogging. right now. <sighs> all right, thank okay. you for doing this. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.